part two. That brings us to the gem <laughs> of the showdown. <laughs> like I said, when I pick this movie, I don't even care. <laughs> I just want to talk about Gremlins that's 2. Good, that's good that you don't care. Yeah. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is so bonkers. It's so stupid, and I love it so much. I, honestly, I feel bad that we're doing it this way and not just as a mini-sode. <laughs> Because like that mini-sode would have been like two or three hours on its own. I know, yeah. I know. There's yeah. so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. My notes are are fairly, I mean, they're not mega extensive, but yeah. they are extensive. Um, but Because there's not a lot of There's episodes. so much to talk about in this movie. Can, let me throw something out before we really get into this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's in an Astron 6 film. So I'm going to make a little bridge for everybody. All right. In the Astron 6 film, Inferno of the Dead... The main character is constantly reading the novelization of Gremlins 2. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I want to read it. I didn't even know there was so, a so yeah. that's novelization. So that's what my suggestion is. Yeah. Since we're doing Gremlins 2 now, maybe yeah. as like an episode on its own, I like we it. do fucking book club. Ooh. I like Ooh. it. Yes. And we read the novelization of Gremlins 2. I have actually been jump jumping in uh, uh, a based... Um, inspired by a friend of the show, uh, Brandon Getz, and yeah. his new uh, his new um, horror um, book of, of short stories, mm -hmm. um, the which I just recently read, which is uh, stop stop me if you've uh, heard this one. Right, um, love that, super fun. Definitely go buy it. Um, I've been inspired to start reading more more horror. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I used to like I was a you know Stephen King kid yeah right so yeah. a lot of as a lot of us were goosebumps and then I and then I you know grew into Stephen King and you know kind of went from there um, but I just bought the book that um, uh, Quion is uh, is uh, based on okay which is I guess the short story that's <sighs> the Japanese kind of surrealist horror. Uh, 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 anthology, Quiet On. Yeah, you gotta. You, I think you gotta set that one up because I don't think most people have seen this obscure movie from 1964. <laughs> yeah, 64, 66, something like that. Yeah, Quiet Quiet On is a, a very famous amongst Japanese horror mm -hmm. surrealist horror movies. Right. Um, it was like at the time the the most expensive Japanese film ever made, I think. Hmm. Um, it's fantastic. It's a fucking yeah, masterpiece. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I just watched it for the first time in years and just forgot how much I loved it. It's literally one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, I just bought the uh, the book that it was based okay. on, which I don't know nice. a lot about. Right, yeah. Um, but, you know, I watched it and then I got down a whole big rabbit hole of listening to like Guillermo del Toro talk about mm. it, to mm. whom I love. And, that would make sense that he would be into it. Yeah, it's yeah. like his fav one of his favorite movies, so I ended up buying the book. But yeah. there's, a, there's some wonderful matte paintings in there that you oh just don't Oh my God, see. incredible, yeah. incredible. Um, anyway... Gremlins to the new yeah. batch. <laughs> Gremlins to the new batch. Aye. From the year like, of our Lord, 1990. I, I'm just waiting for you guys to talk the same way you just were talking about that film. Not about this gonna happen. <laughs> this movie cost fifty million dollars in 1990. Jesus. So it's a That's little insane. Yeah. Holy um, shit. Yeah, the Joe Dante's wild. Gremlins to the new batch. I mean, in 1990, the budget, and you never know when you look at budgets online, like they're so all over the place. Right. Uh, but, but also. Makes sense. But it like, says they would it, totally they, throw that much money at it after the first one, you know? Cause well, because the first one only was like, a, I'm going to guess a $10 million 
picture. It wasn't sh- eight to twelve. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was. A, it was not a cheap film by any stretch of the imagination. But he got the big check there, this yeah. time. Yeah. And there's such a scale to it. And you have to remember Spielberg's name is attached to it. Yeah. In the '90s, then just I mean that ending scene with all the fucking puppets yeah in the lobby it is this was his blank check movie yeah basically and he gave a big fucking middle finger which i love that's (laughs) my favorite thing about this so so for those of you who've never seen gremlins 2 normally i would say we're gonna spoil it so don't like whatever in this instance i'm like what we're going to do here is not going to do it justice with its <laughs> no, pure insanity. Yeah, so yeah. Di- I, I, you won't be able to like cover every ounce of the detail of like the insanity that ensues within. This yeah, movie. If yeah, you, yeah. If you're a younger listener, mm-hmm. turn off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch Gremlins and then Gremlins too, because you need the basis <laughs> yeah. of Gremlins to understand how fucking wild <laughs> it has yeah. so little to do with the yeah. first gremlins movie yeah. um uh, so we'll, we'll get into it but yes just keep in mind this is a 50 million dollar <laughs> movie in 1990 I actually which almost... translates to 100 billion dollars yeah. <laughs> in 2021 this, this, this makes malignant look conservative <laughs> <laughs> it really and truly does i honestly just want to say for our younger listeners just revisit in your mind the craziest party you just went to and mm. this might not be as crazy as yeah, that it's, know, like or this might be crazier actually. it is bonkers so, like, you're gonna love it it starts off with a completely unnecessary throwaway but obviously extremely expensive like warner brothers daffy duck bugs yeah. bunny uh pre-credit sequence did you say yeah. this wasn't necessary I think it's very necessary. You think so? It's absolutely necessary. You have to watch this to understand that you're getting fucking cartoons for the next hour and a half. The whole movie's cartoons. I mean, really, you know, it it makes sense in a lot of ways, especially when you start to like the gags that are thrown in this are all Looney Tunes gags. I just feel like we aren't going to totally touch on it, but I just want to make a point to say it's like when a lot of the insanity is ensuing is you notice on the one gremlin where they put the WB like uh, almost tattoo like thing on one of the gremlins bellies. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say like that bringing it together. Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand the context. Joe Dante made this movie gremlins, right? It was this huge, I mean, pop culture sensation mm-hmm. of a movie. And he got, um, we, we won't go a ton into like the making of it stuff. There's plenty of information out there. But it was essentially mm-hmm. like, you know, now he's got the big budget studio input. And he basically just gave them all a big fuck you because he didn't really want to make the movie. Right. Um, he re- and, and when he, you know, the paycheck and the budget and everything associated with it, instead of going, I'm going to I'm going to do the thing you want and make you a bunch more money. He was like, I am going to make an entire movie that is a middle finger to your entire world mm-hmm. uh, of studio films. Um, and not just make something dumb i'm gonna do it in the most gaudy expensive way possible <laughs> yeah, yeah. um which is so great I think they, though i'll just make it one last note before we dive too far into it is that like i also feel like they had to because i feel like it could have gone away of like they could have just remade gremlins one you know what i mean i feel like they had or to they could have done just a different. small scale continuation in kingston falls yeah mm-hmm. nope I, New York City. They had to. Yeah. I feel like they had to to really make it work. It was a huge. So we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get yes. into it. But but you get you get kicked off right at the bat with two of the classic 80s 
asshole like uh, uh not not asshole actors but asshole uh they Just play character you know yeah. character actors that who always play like corporate and or um uh, oh god what's the word i'm looking for kind of like um um uh, yuppie assholes yeah, yeah, yeah. which is uh robert picardo and and john glover yeah and john glover plays this guy who is an very obvious send up to Donald Trump. I mean, he yeah. is essentially Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got this giant he's Daniel Clamp. Daniel Clamp. <laughs> Clamp. Instead of Trump, it's Clamp, and it's Clamp Enterprises. And he yeah. has this enormous media empire that touches every aspect of commerce, not just media. Yeah. Can I say that Daniel Clamp is actually more likable than Donald Trump? He absolutely is. <laughs> oh, 100%. He absolutely is. He because at least like... he's like an eccentric, creative Willy Wonka type. Right. Yeah. Whereas Donald Trump is like a, just a sexual predator, weirdo, <laughs> racist, mob, racist yeah, mobster kind yeah. of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had this, I, I have it in my notes. I have that uh, Clamp is less the Donald and more Eric. <laughs> so like he's like Eric Trump because like if you, there's one scene where like he's up in his office and he's just kicking his feet around because he doesn't know what to do with himself for the yeah. day, yeah. And I was like, that's what Eric Trump would do. He, yeah, he he can only know how to play his dad, right? He doesn't have like the ruthless, just you know, megalomaniacal, mm-hmm. narcissistic, you know, just disdain for humanity. He's like he, he's like if you took Donald Trump and made him like, uh, like. Combine Donald Trump with like Steve Jobs or mm-hmm. something, yeah. who who has a real eye for marketing and design right. and how to pull people in. Yeah, yeah. So he he's almost like a, a he reminds me in a lot of ways, and we'll get into this. He reminds me in a lot of ways of Bill Murray's character from Scrooged. Yeah, yeah a yeah. little bit, but yeah. a little bit more like detached from reality, a little less cynical. He, yeah, I was gonna not say, that he, he's uh, not cynical, but like he doesn't. He lives in his own world, and he's so deep in his own world that he doesn't even understand that his entire outlook is insanely cynical. I right. know, I know. I think also he mildly, like, you even bring up Steve Jobs. I think there's, like, a hint that maybe he thinks he's actually doing good for the world. Like, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, not so as like, malicious. Yeah. Yes. yeah, he thinks he's doing good. He's not malicious. Like, he's not disdainful of humanity. But he's detached from it. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, he's just doing capitalist things. Yes, yeah. he doesn't realize he's hurting anybody. This is yeah. a whole big send up to consumerism, capitalism, media culture, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, these guys are just two. Robert Picardo, you'll you'll expect you'll recognize him right away. He plays um, uh, uh, Clamps, basically like kind of second in command. Um, he like runs the show, and Daniel Clamp is is the face and the 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 figurehead almost kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, um, so Daniel Clamp um, wants to do this big development project in New York City and in um, Chinatown in New York City, where mm-hmm. of course um, the shop where Gizmo comes from in the first movie is there, and the only person who is the last holdout is is it Mr. Wing. I, I didn't write so. it down. Mr. Wing, I think his name mm. is. Um, he is the last holdout um, on that block, and he won't sell. So they just basically say, like, we're going to wait till he dies. Well, of course, he 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 dies, and they and but Gizmo is is at his shop, which we don't really establish why Gizmo's back yeah. at his shop. Well, no, didn't he? Uh, he took him back at the oh, end of the yes, first he movie. He did take did him he? back at the end of the yeah. movie because at the end of the first movie, I was imagining when they were in the. They were in their house at the end, but they do ultimately. He comes back to their house, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Wing, yeah. and goes like, 
you don't deserve this. You right. can't control this. Fuck you guys. I'm taking it back. Yeah, you're not responsible. Yeah, I, they I don't take, take him back, yeah. but he comes and takes him back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, in any case, uh, so Wing dies and Clamp kind of demolishes the whole block and, uh, and and Gizmo escapes. Gizmo played by the great Howie Mandel, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and by played by, he just makes little squeaking noises. Um, and and so you, you get back to, to um, Billy and Kate from the first movie. So Billy, of course, played by Zach Galligan and Kate played by Phoebe, Phoebe Cates, which kept getting confused in my mind because Phoebe Cates and her name's Kate in the movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, so so they have moved from King's small town, Kingston Falls to New York City, and they're very much struggling to to adapt and, and acclimate to New York City. They appeared to have been there for a while. They're kind of settled, but they're, they're, they're you know, they're struggling to make ends meet. And they mm. both work for Clamp. Yeah. Um, Billy is a designer of sorts. Almost uh, architect. Almost yeah. Like how do you vibe, go like... from being like a, a bank teller yeah. to an architect? I don't know, um, but that's where he's at. And and Phoebe Kate's character is a um, uh, a tour guide, and she has to wear this big mm-hmm. silly hat because it's kind of like <laughs> Epcot Center for for yeah. consumerism, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they both both work for Clamp. And um, this this building that he's created is this huge futuristic building. It's very like it's like this Orwellian temple to media and capitalism it almost reminds me um it don't it like it has this like world within a world type vibe sure too. you know like yeah. it's like it's almost small, isolated yeah, from the yeah. rest of the city it's yeah. this smart building they call right. it which back in 1990 would have been a very novel concept i feel like now there's probably like 100 buildings in new york city that call themselves smart buildings but, but I also this movie like- is like watching a parallel universe with just the way, like, there, there's everything that we have right now, mm-hmm. but, like, it's all worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, but everything's worse. I also worse. feel like they did similarly, um, like, uh, Billy didn't really get out of his world of, like, his dad inventing things because, like, everything that he was using was, like, breaking on him as well. Oh, good you call. know, so, like, it was just, like, kind of like a continuation of this that. crack this crackpot overseer of his life yeah. is still kind of there just in a different form a yeah, little bit. He just kind of has to exist in it. Yeah. So this, this, and, and they're very put upon, mm-hmm. you know, just as they were in the first movie. Yep. Um, but, but honestly, going back to what Steve said, this movie has more in, in, it has more in common with like airplane mm-hmm. than it does with the first gremlins movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a, it's like if you took airplane sprinkled in scrooged and a little bit of uh like the muppet show yeah like that is what this movie is yeah. it has very little to do with yeah. gremlins besides just being self-referential right and having some of the same characters um but the dad isn't in it uh you know mr wing is in it for two seconds right you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but it it this movie is is kind of fully like self-aware um, and this clamp cable network, we'll get a little bit more into this, but this clamp cable network, um, and, uh, they, they kind of, sh- they, you know, you kind of get acclimated to it and them going into work and talking about their struggles and all this stuff, but you get introduced pretty early on to this character, which I just kind of loved. And he ends up playing a bigger part later, but it's, uh, this movie is chocked full of awesome character actors and mm-hmm. I fucking love character actors <laughs> and like so Robert Prosky who plays Fred who's like this aging horror host that had mm-hmm. aspirations of being a legit um, like a uh, journalist and a reporter um, gets stuck playing in this like low budget horror host was uh, that on not one of the-, the same character from like um, 
like an older horror, like like not the Munsters or something like that. Well, it no, looks like Grandpa Munster. Yes, but. he does look like Grandpa Munster. And yeah. later on, the Jan. Well, we'll talk about the guy who plays the janitor real quickly. Is yeah. Gomez Adams, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> from 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 the original Adams family. Yeah. But there's uh, tons you mean of- the doctor from Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's obviously his most well-known role. Obviously, um, but yeah. So, but but. You know, Billy has got all this affection for these old, old Hollywood, you know, horror hosts and, and, and classic horror movies like Fred and Clamp is just like completely at odds with that. Like mm-hmm. he won't put anything on his channel that's not in like technicolor. Like he won't put black and white movies yeah. like he's all about modern, modern, modern. I mean, they're, they do everything here from like, you know. They, they they quickly list off all of the things that the Clamp Enterprises has their their fingers in, and one of them is genetic research. <laughs> so on like the top floor of the building, they have a genetic le- research lab, which is of course like branded to the nines. It's called Splice of Life, which I really appreciated. Which they That's had they had the acronym on another logo, which is SOL. <laughs> I didn't even think yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, and Gizmo was brought there because he escaped the, the uh, Mr. Wings, you know, uh, a store when it was being demolished. And one of the people who works for Clamp found him in the street, took him back to the genetic uh, research lab. And and the genetic lab is uh, run by Dr. Catheter, <laughs> who is played yeah. by Christopher fucking Lee, yeah, which I, I like, love. And there's yeah. so many Chris, they, they forced Christopher Lee to make so many references to himself. Uh, forced or? <laughs> yeah. He could have, he could have yeah. been on board. He probably Here, was. Here's uh, So here's the one bright spot about this movie that I actually really enjoyed. And it is, it is Christopher Lee, but yeah. I think it's like, I haven't seen this movie since it originally came out. Oh, I would really? Say. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. I mean, I watch this like once a year at least. It's, <laughs> it's got to be at least twenty years for me since yeah. I've seen it. Uh, but so, like in that time, like Christopher Lee wasn't that big to me when I was young. Sure. Yeah. But at this point, because of like you know Lord of the Rings and just seeing him in other things and listening to his heavy metal album, and <laughs> <laughs> which but, I've, I've not done yet. I, yeah. I hear about it all the time. Right. But now I have like, a, I have a bigger appreciation and a knowledge of who Christopher Lee is. Yeah. So seeing him in this is so fun. <laughs> like, it's so funny, but mm-hmm. also he really fucking puts himself into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. He yeah. never, Christopher Lee is one of those guys like Vincent Price that mm-hmm. I think of where they are never going to give you less than a hundred fucking percent he is a genre guy to the end yeah Um, most people i'm sure most of you know christopher lee is but he's most well known for playing like dracula in the hammer horror films yeah um but tons of iconic um uh horror roles right um, you would absolutely recognize his face, but Count Dooku, if you know Star Wars, yes, that's he's your in, thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's in. He, he his face is immediately recognizable. Yeah. He is in charge of the genetics lab, and this is we start to get right off the bat like this absolute spare no expense fucking Willy Wonka approach to everything, <laughs> where they just have like a goddamn elephant. Real elephant right. yeah. in the lab, like a right. baby elephant yes. in the lab. Which is spare no expense to the film budget. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. He literally was like, um, we're going to do a scene with a baby elephant walking across the screen and then get this fucking elephant off my side. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like how you much. You make it believable, I suppose. Yeah, you know? but like. I mean, there's a baby elephant. There's just a bunch of animals, you know, that were there I for two seconds. I understand what these spiders were that eventually, like, Billy, like, had opened when he was going to get the, uh, going to get, um. Gizmo. Gizmo, yeah. Like, yeah. 
I want to know what those are because those were just fucking giant wild. fucking yeah, those banana spiders. Up. But they're damn it, I don't want them to be made up there. Yeah, they're, Steve. they're come on. Yeah, um, why do you want spiders that big? What the fuck's the matter with you? Yeah, um, like with a three foot like leg span. Yeah, yeah, those are bigger than any other spider that's ever existed. And you you're know, like, I, yeah, if you guys haven't realized this about me. I like uh, being freaked out by a lot of things. Like, I just like, okay, well, we don't know. like being poisoned by gross ass terror it's animals. In a fucking cage, Steve. Come terror on, animals. fucking Christ. <laughs> Um, it you get gets it out. Meg. We're gonna fucking fight. This is what happens, Meg. This is what happens when you have giant spiders. Um, but so there's these two like creepy twin scientists with bow ties. Which They're fun. Such though. a cute. Characters. I almost thought they were actually like genetically uh, cloned by one. I think that's like that's what the they joke. alluded to. Yeah, that, that was the so joke. Alluded. Oh, yeah. that but was they a are joke. really oh, twins in real life. I thought they literally like cloned them. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, no, no, like, brought them no. in a suitcase to the set. No, Do you think Joe no. Dante spent ten million no. on cloning a guy? I thought like in the movie that's like that was like the thing is like they were clones. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's okay, the joke. Guys, I'm not wrong. Here. Uh, no, I think that's the joke. Yeah. Um, so there's this dumb little scene where like they play some like little Richard or something and Gizmos dances to it and Aww, stuff. Yeah, it's so just good. all He's these so little cute. these scenes could all be thrown in the trash and right. nobody would care. Exactly. But they spent all the money you to do what? all the I, scenes. Okay, so we're now probably what 20 minutes into the movie. Maybe. So and I really yeah. haven't laughed yet. Yeah. What? So I'm just gonna make a point to say, I this is a great movie. What? I'm just gonna make a point. Why do you hate fun? <laughs> it's um, not saying it's not fun. It's, it's, it's not laugh out loud funny, no, and it's no, very no. dated. Okay, no. okay. Let's it's keep from going. 1990. I, I know. I, that's I was what we're saying. We gloss over that joke, but um, yeah, I really did. I knew it's like we're setting things up, but I'm not laughing. Oh my god. <laughs> so for. We're, we're talking about horror right, comedies. Um, so okay, they're, they're, listen, so they're going to experiment on Gizmo, right? Right. Um, I have and, a lot of awes, not and, a lot of haws. And so, oh God. There's so, a lot of awes. Like Gizmo, like all of these throwaway scenes with Gizmo, like he's very pathetic. Yes. And you feel scene, bad because, you know, it's cute. He's like crying. Like he smashes his finger in the right. thing, in the drawer. Yeah, you're like, cool, buddy. Yeah, Gizmo could, yeah, Gizmo's almost a throwaway in this movie. Um, but But I feel like he's saving it. At this point, to this point, really? Yeah, because I he, never he, gave he, a shit he, about Gizmo. Because you had like, oh, really? No, wow. never gave a like, shit not about even Gizmo. A Rambo? No, even when he gets pumped for Rambo. Oh my well, god! Later on, but I'm saying like I don't, I don't go into Gremlins two because I want to see Gizmo. I want to see, see all the, I want to see the goddamn electricity Gremlin and shit like that. Well, that's what you want now, but when you were a kid, that's what everybody wanted. Everybody yes. wanted to see Gizmo yes. because Gizmo was the cute thing. Gizmo was the toy. Right. They even made reference to it. I want to see Phoebe Cates. Oh. That's what I wanted to see when I was a little kid. I was obsessed with There's a lot of Cates. better Phoebe Cates movies to go watch. <laughs> you shut your goddamn mouth. Um, so anyway, uh, they, they, uh, they're they going to do this experiment on on Gizmo. There is a, a delivery man who, who hears Gizmo do his little trademark whistle noise and yeah, that, that was pretty good. good. That was good. <laughs> I can't roll my tongue, so I'm not even trying. Um, but uh, the delivery man goes down to the floor that Billy works on and is making that that noise, uh, making that little humming, that little tune, and he recognizes and asks him. He said, "I heard it up on that floor." So Billy, what a dumb device! To I get know them it's together. so dumb. It's so dumb. I love it. There's nothing <laughs> about this isn't dumb. Um, and then he he sneaks in. He rescues Gizmo. Um and Gizmo has a little black armband. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> because he's mourning Mister right. Wing. I right. know. It's How so funny sweet. is Again. that for Gizmo to have a little armband on? That's that, so dumb. That might have been the first thing. Like, so like I kind of, like I kind of at, but like 
Yeah, it's, it's I'm still... sorry you guys hate fun. <laughs> I feel bad for you. Um, so, so <laughs> also the thing I love about this for an absolute moron, like Billy's a moron, right? That's but, pretty pretty much established. For an absolute idiot, he has such great intuition. This. For what though? Because like <laughs> to, I mean, to hear he, that noise and go, Gizmo no, must no, be no, here. No, okay, okay, that. But I mean, like then I think about his department head hitting on him, and he has no no. He's so childish. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's so he's good. infantile. Like, yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, he's like, I didn't do anything. He's the you know pure, what, bud? Guess what? If I was in, he I'd is the like, pure, unadulterated, don't. you know, childlike wonder. Right. And Clamp is the WB. You yeah. know, is is Warner Brothers who are bastardizing everything that is good about genre films. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's a very surface level fuck you sentiment to the studio. Yeah. They. It's yeah. just that this movie and joe dante hates the audience so much <laughs> no they don't he, he hates he does he hates the audience he does not respect anybody enough that he doesn't keep billy's character consistent so that's why he gives billy these awesome powers of intuition to know gizmo to know where the water main is to just go to these places wait a second to go to these places to move the movie why forward. are you guys so worried about like continuity and all this shit <laughs> in this dumbass movie. We gave. I'm not worried about it. I'm just pointing Psycho it out. Psycho Gorman makes most of the movie makes no fucking sense. It doesn't. Hey. So this movie makes no sense no. either. No. Um, but that's why it's fun. Psycho Gorman make me laugh. Um, I see you reaching. Bro. So so Billy gets noticed by Clamp. Clamp's walking around doing his big dog shit. He gets noticed. His work gets noticed. So his like dismissive asshole boss. She all of a sudden. Um, who she's a great character, by the way. She's basically Fran Drescher meets Jessica Rabbit, mm -hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> to a T. <laughs> to a T. I was going to say, because when she went on her date, she did the whole like covering up one eye. Yeah, like, she is, Wham. but she talks like Fran Drescher, yeah. which yeah, I love. Pretty much. Um, and Not so, as annoying. What's, she's I was in love in with her. Way. I was fully in love Ooh, with her. It's, it's yeah. even maybe more like uh, Marissa Tomei from My Cousin Vinny. Oh, maybe yeah, a little bit more like that. Yeah, a little bit more like that. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more like. New York. Yes. Um, so, uh, he, she changes her tone on Billy all of a sudden clamp likes Billy. Cause everyone in this company is all about like upward mobility and, and furthering your career at all costs type of thing. So she sees that clamp is taking a liking to Billy. So all of a sudden she's, she's changing her tune on Billy. So, um, Billy, ha she asks him out to dinner. She kind of forces him to go out to dinner with her and Billy asks Kate to take Gizmo home and reminds her of, of the rules. And again, they're both like oddly infantile. They're like adults in they're like kids in adult clothing mm -hmm. at work kind of thing which is kind of a weird um a, a, a weird character trait but um gizmo gets wet from this faulty water fountain and this is another one where there's just a great care or aging character actor yeah. who is thrown in there by joe dante which i totally appreciate which is john astin who plays you know this bit part as a janitor and he is he's gomez adams in, in the adams family and he just has these great little throwaway lines that probably were improvised and he's like <laughs> he walks by the water fountain and it he goes to take a drink and it sprays him in the face and he goes i taste <laughs> A taste of the wrench for you, my friend. <laughs> the water fountain. Come on. If you didn't laugh at that, you you hate life. Um, so Gizmo um, starts immediately reproducing because he gets wet from the water fountain. And you get crazy fucking gremlins popping off him right off the bat. You get kind of a stripe type gremlin for like from the first movie. You get this like, like doofy, I think. Bucktooth. Bucktooth 
gremlin. I think they call him Daffy, uh, which is definitely a, a, a Warner Brothers right. you know mm-hmm. reference there, and, and just a bunch of others. And I love all. This is what I mean when I say this movie is airplane with monsters mm-hmm. because you hear the things over the loudspeaker, and it's clearly an airplane kind mm-hmm. of gag yeah. where he's like, uh, "Whoever's you know driving this car." Please move it. Your car is old and dirty. Right. Like, over the <laughs> there, stuff. There's that one. There's like the revolving door joke that's always just kind of like a background thing. The, yeah. The fucking fire announcement is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The I don't even remember what he says, but something like that age old nemesis right, of yeah. man, fire has fire. engulfed the building. Fire has erupted. <laughs> it's like all poetic and yeah. stuff. That, it's that like, is actually very funny. Yeah. But. Everything about this, this building is. This were I mean, it is a world that they created, this fucking building, mm-hmm. and it is all style over substance. Like right. everything about it. They open the they come out of the the fucking um elevator and it goes, the elevator doors are open. Please leave. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. like that. just fucking great gags. Um so Kate gets confused and takes the dopey gremlin instead of gizmo because they kind of look alike. Um, and now you just get some good gremlin chaos starts mm-hmm. kind of kicking off at this point. I also love this is so stupid. And this is exactly the type of thing I love. They go to the restaurant. It's a Canadian. It's a super trendy hip restaurant, but it's Canadian themed. Yeah. So the waiters are dressed as Mounties <laughs> and they bring like a chocolate mousse. But it is literally a chocolate a moose right. made of chocolate. Just come on. I mean, that definitely feels like that feels more like 2000s Times Square where like there was a bunch of shitty theme restaurants. Mm-hmm. Well, it foresaw so many yeah. of those things. It's yeah. so weird. It like for, It foresaw video calling. It foresaw smart buildings. Yes, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like I said, this is like a parallel universe. Are you using yeah. the word beautiful for this all of this? This is a beautiful film. He's using beautiful. Um, okay. So the boss is trying <laughs> really, to seduce yeah. Billy. Um, he goes home with lipstick on his shirt. Um... And uh, and and so Phoebe Kate's Kate is is, you know, she's upset about that or she she's suspicious about that. But she he sees immediately it's not Gizmo. And then the Futtermans from the first movie show yeah. up because they're they're in, you know, they're they're visiting um, and they're kind of early. So they surprise them. Did I get like thrown off? Was that his mom? No, that's just okay. the Futtermans. OK, I at first I thought like maybe like. His mom left the dad and was now with that other guy. No, that's just the Futtermans. He is the um, xenophobic old yeah, no, weirdo that drives the snowplow in the first place. I just legit yeah. thought that like maybe it was like, yeah. Like, yeah, he is. They're just people from their hometown who are visiting New York City and, you know, we're going to stay with them for a night kind of thing. So um, uh, Billy tries to, to break in and to this like restricted area in the building. And the security guard is art from the burbs. Yeah, <laughs> which is, he could read the phone book, and I would laugh. I love the burbs so much. Which, which, just another touch on, uh, just a real quick touch on the Futtermans, the Dick Miller. Yeah, yeah. For people who don't know, but yeah, Dick yeah. Miller is this is Murray Futterman. Yeah. Murray Futterman, but uh, I believe um, Joe Dante and Dick Miller kind of met first met on Piranha. Oh, well, yeah, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, I mean, Dick Miller is a genre fucking icon, right. you know, and, and TV, you know, he's been in everything. Yeah. I, I mean, can't even imagine how many fucking credits he has. <laughs> we just mentioned him last showdown because he was in uh, Night of the Creeps. Yeah, he's been in, like, we've probably covered a dozen movies he's he's been in, but um, I love this line. This is, again, another just stupid throwaway line that's, like, under the radar. He's like, 
Billy's trying to explain to the, the, the security guard something about, I know him from Kingston Falls. He goes, I remember the Kingston Trio. Just <laughs> kind of stupid. Such a stupid there's guy. A, the, the bit I like in this is a, there's a there's a shot where Bill Billy and the security guard are in the background. <laughs> and I think it's Phoebe Case. She's hiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like she's, she's in focus while she's hiding. And then in the background, you see the security guard doing the the Ed Wood acting with a gun as he's pointing the gun at Billy and explaining something to him. <laughs> so like he's pointing at like, like no muscle discipline. He's exactly. just literally like talking with the gun. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just there was just a thing in the background. I don't know how intentional that, it was. It I just guarantee made me it was laugh. that that I forget that that actor's name, but he again he plays art. He's mm-hmm. like the best part of the burbs. Right. 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 Um. He he's just he's fucking comic gold. Um, so, so now there's just an hour of chaos. This is where like disgruntled Joe Dante is just like pulling out the Willy Wonka of, of, Mm -hmm. you know, mentality here. Um, you, you get this cooking show, um, with, with a character named Microwave Marge, who, Uh. who is the, who is the, um, probably people who know her from, uh, Blues Brothers. She is the, Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, uh, one of the nuns, right? From the Blues Brothers. I'm pretty sure Greg got all of his cooking tips from her. (laughs) That's pretty much what I'm like thinking. We've got another microwave reference here (laughs) and she's just getting hammered on the air and just cooking things in a microwave and the gremlins pop out there and, uh, they, they start a fire, the fire alarm goes off and now they're all wet and they all start reproducing like mad. So this is when like shit really, really hits the fan. That's also a missed opportunity for a show snack. It was, what was her, what was it like, um, like refried beans or something like that? On, oh like, yeah. It bologna. was bologna, bologna, yeah, bologna and refried beans roll ups. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like that one. I'm actually kind of a treat. <laughs> oh yeah. I would eat that maybe, in a second. Maybe, I would yeah. eat bologna with fucking anything. Yeah. I mean, I'd eat it, but I don't want to like feel good about it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need a recipe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a TV show about it. <laughs> I love this is when the, the the movie again is like very, very self-aware where there's all the guys in the control room of the smart building and um, uh, uh, Billy comes in and is like ranting and raving about how they need to shut the building down because if the gremlins get out into the city when it's dark shit's going to go crazy and they're mm-hmm. going to take over the take over the city. Um, and he starts reciting the rules about you can't feed them after midnight. You can't get them wet. You can't sh- shine, you know, bright lights on them. And they all start poking holes in the rules. Yeah. They all are like, <laughs> but what if they have some food stuck in their yeah. teeth? And then it's, or they're in an airplane and they, and they go over a time line. zone. Yeah. yeah. And it's just really fun. And then it's kind of Joe Dante's like, fuck you to this, to that mentality where a gremlin just jumps out and munches his neck right, right as he's just doing bites it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and now Billy is like the expert, right? So he's kind of like consulting them on how to battle these these gremlins. So um, this is a great, great line from from, again, his kind of second in command, the uh, Rob Ricardo, where he goes, um, what are they? Are they he's like rats or whatever? He goes, no, they're gremlins. Like, whatever they are, they've got to respect the chain of command. <laughs> <laughs> it just that's an all airplane line. Yeah, through and all through. about it. Um, so, uh, it puts a mouse. So one of the gremlins puts a mouse. This is Looney Tunes. He puts a mouse trap in the secretary's sandwich and kills her. Maybe (laughs) did. I don't know. But then he puts the secretary's clothes on. This is straight bugs bunny. Right. And he's sitting there talking on the phone when clamp comes out as if he's the secretary. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then eventually they fight clamp feeds him into the shredders gloops Mm -hmm. flying everywhere. Um, and, and Billy comes in and, uh, you know, right after that happens and starts to explain to Clamp, like, you got to shut the place down, you know, all this stuff. 
And then it cuts to almost like something from the stuff where it's like these weird interludes that don't really have a lot to do. So it's Leonard Maltin, yeah. the, you know, the famous film critic doing a review of how much he hates the first Gremlins movie. This is, this is, <laughs> I have this very specifically noted 5804. The movie gives up completely. <laughs> it does. It does. This is where Joe Dante's like, I've sucked you in. You're watching the movie. Now it's all self-referential. It's all fourth wall breaking and it's all just fuck you for the rest of yeah. the movie. The, the moment Leonard Moulton reviews the first movie in the second movie and then is taken off the air by gremlins attacking him, <laughs> which is replaced by a graphic of a gremlin doing the technical difficulties. I, like, oh, they pre-prepared that? When that I ready? was a child, I was in pure heaven when this was happening. <laughs> like, I just loved everything about this, and I still do to this day. Like, this next scene is the elevator scene with, with uh, Phoebe Cates, and, like, she falls, and then, like, the elevator, she, she she's lifted up. Yeah, but... That that scene meant nothing to the plot. Right. It was, and the, as she's falling, all the gremlins on top, it was done to just alarmingly, alarming excess with absolutely no plot payoff. It yeah. didn't fucking matter. He just was like, I'm going to throw a million ideas against the wall and we're going to film every single one of them and spend $50 million. <laughs> well, was, you know? was that elevator scene before or after where she's just kind of running through the building? Because there, there's a number of like really well composed like one shots mm -hmm. of her and long takes of her running through the halls and there's like pratfalls, there's puppets, there's like Bef stunt actors yeah. running. It's kind of before because she they still haven't gotten I think to like the genetics lab yet. Okay, so I think it's like this is kind of before that. Yeah, because uh, like they are like all over the place. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so much chaos on screen. Um, and, and so the, this is when the gremlins all get into the genetics lab. This is where the brainy gremlin, uh, comes in, comes into play. Mm. The spider gremlin, the bat gremlin, goddamn veggie gremlin. I'm kind of <laughs> happy about like the mutations. I think yeah. that yeah. actually was like a fun addition. I wouldn't say humorous, but fun. Addition. That's yeah. the, that's the shit you do to sell more toys. Yeah. yeah. Cause then oh, it's like Arctic, it's Arctic blast Batman. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this shit. Toy of all this of was them. the thing is, yeah. and, and that, this, this was uh, the thing. Joe Dante was like, you knew that in the pitch meetings and, and even like Key and Peele, we talked right. about, did a sketch that was a parody of the pitch meeting with the writers for Gremlins 2. And it was like, oh, we need to have Gremlins to sell fucking toys. Right. So mm -hmm. Joe Dante goes, OK, I'll give you the dumbest set of Gremlins you ever imagined. <laughs> but the, here's the funny thing is. It worked. You right. know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they sold an insane amount of toys sure. and shit mm -hmm. off of this. But um, when the brainy gremlin started talking, I ex explicitly remember this as probably a 10-year-old child. Because I didn't see it till you know, probably five years after it came out on VHS. And I remember when the gra brainy gremlin starts talking, I was, like, jaw dropped to the ground. <laughs> um, I just have such a fond memory of that. But the brainy gremlin gives the bat gremlin... An antidote that allows it to go out in the sun, <laughs> and then um, he goes out and attack attacks. Well, what the one thing I wanted to consider for the, the brainy gremlin? Um, what the fuck is his accent? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's such a posh Connecticut. Is yeah. What it sounds I was like. gonna say it's like if Christopher Lee was a Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> that wrote down. because it's vaguely smart guy British. Right. But then he has these weird. Yeah. Like. 
um, like a Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont type of like blue blood uh, Kennedy like yeah. ways mm-hmm. of speaking and, too. And, and so the actor playing it is Tony Randall, who is uh, might be like an old reference, but like uh, the Odd Couple. Yeah. Tony Randall was Felix mm-hmm. in The Odd Couple, who yes. was the very straight-laced, up-and-down. Yeah. Like, oh, I legit yeah. thought he just did a bunch of audiobooks, and that's why he's famous now, you know. Like, that's <laughs> the reminds me of every yeah. audiobook reader. Yeah, Tony Randall um, Rando was in, like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what other stuff that I know him from. Uh, the Alphabet Murders. I think a lot of people okay. would probably know him from that. The Odd Couple, definitely his biggest credit, right. though, for sure. Um, so, so... Um, but yeah, he was always like very stuffy, and so like he, he that's you know. But he's, I think he's he knows comedy obviously because yeah. he was in the Odd Couple, just being a straight man. So he knows how to put that affectation mm-hmm. of like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 that kind of like underbiteish type yeah. of uh, old money type of accent. We're but... just looking for a society like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but then like weirdly British at moments. Yeah, it's very yeah. strange. Um, and then I, I laughed out loud at this as well when they're going through like the trading floor um, yeah. part and all the gremlins are just going, buy, sell, buy, sell. <laughs> we're, telling all of our, we're telling all of our people to put their money into shotguns and canned foods. <laughs> That's so great. Um, just the sheer number of puppets in the lobby at this so point many. is mm. wild. I would love to. I've never done it, but I want to pause and count. There has to be 60 70 puppets I on screen. I genuinely think it would be I had this thought while watching when with all the scenes of all the puppets and stuff like that I was like it'd be generally be an amazing party to have just like a gremlins party just and have wild people like gremlins hanging yeah, from like, the fucking well, chandelier just like have people dress up as different gremlins like you'd have to pay attention and be like what like because they they try to give character to some of yeah. them like whether like the one dude wearing like um like a leather jacket and like cool aviators and stuff like that you know yeah, what I mean yeah the flasher gremlin yeah. they're all doing wacky right. Shit. Yeah, because I mean, we obviously have a few keys, like key yeah. gremlins, that, but like the background ones, I feel like are just as like humorous in that. And, and and this is the best part is my favorite part of the first movie, and it has been since the first time I saw it when I was a kid. My favorite part of the first movie is the bar scene mm-hmm. where they're yeah. all drinking and gambling and smoking and doing wild yeah. shit in mm-hmm. the bar, and Phoebe Cates is trying to serve them beer and all that. And I love that they brought that chaos back, mm-hmm. but on an insane scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they just, for me, as a fan of the first movie, just I, I love that. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, the Bat Gremlin goes outside, attacks the Fettermans, leaves the, <laughs> leaves the Batman symbol in the, which is like, haha, Warner Brothers, remember? As he jumps, as he goes out, leaves a perfect Batman symbol, like 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 Wiley Coyote style, but yeah. it's a Batman symbol. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he attacked the Fetterman's on the street and, uh, and Fetterman, uh, Murray Fetterman puts him into this wet cement and then he flies back up and then dries on the building and becomes a gargoyle. So <laughs> that probably took like fucking days to film that. So, yeah. But it's, it's so stupid. It's so dumb. And I love that they just were like, yeah, how much does that cost? Oh, 50 grand for that shot. Fuck it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Um, no, no stone left unturned uh, on this movie. So, um, so the film at this point, this is again part as a kid that just blew my mind. The film like breaks, right? Right. The film real breaks. Which this would have been like if this was something you saw in the theater the first time. Yeah. Like this is a really great gag once. Yeah. 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 I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah. that's what it was. Joe Dante was like. I, I, 
yeah, I, am I ever in my career going to get another opportunity to do something like this? Yeah. Definitely not. No. So this is the bridge burning. I've wanted, had this idea since I was 13 years old and I'm, and fuck you, we're going to do it. Mm. So as soon as the, the screen, it looks like the, 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 the film reel broke. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you see gremlins start doing shadow puppets yeah. <laughs> in the front of the screen. Mm -hmm. um, so again, very best fourth wall breaking segment I, I can think of. Like, yeah. I absolutely love this. And then, um, uh, oh, by the way, this is a great part. The guy who comes down the uh, the stairs, who was the projectionist, mm -hmm. who was just attacked by gremlins, yeah. is um, uh, Kenneth Toby, who plays one of the doctors in... The thing from outer space. Okay, I uh, like. I knew he which had is the to movie, be somebody. You know, where John Carpenter's The Thing mm -hmm. was yeah, based yeah. on. Obviously, he is in. What else is he in? Like the Beast from Twenty Thousand. Okay. Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, or whatever that movie. He's in a bunch of like forties, fifties, sixties sci-fi. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I knew he had to be somebody. It's just not because like those those roles were so specific. Yes. And shot away from everybody else so. joe dante just like grabbed all of these guys from from mm -hmm. from old fucking sci-fi movies mm. um and then they go in and the the uh the usher who's a great character by the way yeah. they put a porno on the screen by the way the gremlins yeah. replace it with yeah. a porno it's called like volleyball, volleyball holiday, volleyball holiday. <laughs> and then and then he goes in and taps a guy on the shoulder it's goddamn Hulk Hogan. He says, Mr. Hulk, we have gremlins in the projection booth. <laughs> and then the Hulkster cuts a fucking promo in the middle of this movie as a complete a non sequitur. Uh, and then the film just resumes. Yeah. <laughs> how, how can you not love a movie where in the middle, they stop the movie for the Hulkster to cut a promo. It and sounds, he calls them the Grimsters. It sounds like another <laughs> way. The Hulkster is going to beat the Grimsters. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Grimsters. So like, we have you really think you can go toe to toe with the Hulk? Dollars, let's grab the Hulk. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Yes. In 1990, there's no one bigger than Hulk Hogan. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for kids for 14 to 17 year old kids who are going to watch this movie there is no one bigger on earth than hulk Hogan. yeah you you would have had to bring in batman and the ghostbusters yeah or, like just anything else yeah like, a little <laughs> bit of foreshadowing though with like hulk hogan's like future career in uh, like porno <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> Good call. I didn't even think about that. His future career in racist pornos. <laughs> look up, look that up, boys and ghouls, if you haven't seen that before. Um, good Sunday afternoon watch. Um, and then, yeah, we're just will back. will not be on the show today. <laughs> no. We're just back to crazy gags and 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 and, and effects. Uh, Greta Gremlin, you see, who's an iconic mm -hmm. character at this point, um, shows up and and sexually assaults uh <laughs> clam flacky guy um gives him some of that grissy not at all it's in my nose <laughs> oh that hurt my stomach you took a note on that um, one <laughs> 
So <laughs> Electrify Gremlin comes in here at this point. He kills uh, Christopher Lee. And now there's a gremlin with an Uzi. You know, we get a, a, a we get the old drink spewing out of the bullet holes gag. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so good. It's it's literally Looney Tunes. I, like, I feel like it might have been earlier too, but kind of had something similar where the uh, the ice cream was getting poured in one of the um, when they were still like in like the Mogwai form, yeah. and but it was just like then it, you started seeing ice cream coming out of his eyes and stuff like. <laughs> oh that. yeah, oh, the frozen yogurt out of his scene. eyes, yeah, and yeah. like there was a bladder in in the puppet, so it was. Oh, yeah. f- you know expanding yeah, yeah. I, uh, that i was looking at because i was trying to figure out what one of the one of the people in that scene i recognized from somewhere and i mm-hmm. never did find it but um uh, they were credited as like yogurt jerk yeah. or something like that <laughs> yeah. <in the> scene. <laughs> um so now frank who is the you know the dracula host guy he starts broadcasting he finds a cameraman mm. and they start broadcasting live from inside the building all the chaos let's be clear it wasn't just like network. just find a cameraman he found like the asian trope yes of the well tour. he found the guy from from uh 16 candles uh, uh yeah. yeah he definitely one of those like, molly ringwald yeah. movies mm-hmm. which whichever one of those he's yeah. in um one of those kind of brat pack flicks you'd recognize him immediately yeah um which you might not recognize him from, though, but he is the squid from the episode of The Simpsons where they go to Japan. Oh, and the squid really? that sings a song about taking his own guts out. Yeah. Plays that, too. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. You, know. you guys, don't don't ever say you didn't learn anything on this podcast. That's right. Um, and just, you know, Clamp at this point is just kind of worried about BS, like publicity and all this stuff, not worried about, like, people getting killed, obviously, by gremlins. <laughs> um, and uh, the electricity gremlin... Um, gets into the phone yeah he gets at trapped this point he gets yeah. trapped in the phone and they put him on hold and he's just kind of <laughs> bopping around in the phone it's like the worst place to be is on hold guys. i know I, it's just so stupid um and uh i love this one of my favorite moments of this and and other i've heard music and, and another podcast sample this which is the the doomsday message from the clamp cable network mm-hmm. it's like clamp cable network you know Hope you know we'll go off the air because of the end of the world or whatever. And, <laughs> and Clamp like starts tearing up and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's like, "I hope you've enjoyed our programming, and more importantly, we hope you've enjoyed life." <laughs> That's like what, it's, it's such a great line. Um, so uh, now uh, they decide they're going to fool them by leaving the building, and then again, just dumb little throwaway line. He's like, "We should do it at four <laughs> Right. <laughs> Did you catch that? And he's like, good okay. idea. Yeah. I didn't catch that. That's yeah. good. Because um, they want to, to make the gremlins think it's nighttime, so they'll go outside and get killed by the sun, of course. So um, the boss lady has a run-in with the spider gremlin at this point. She gets caught up in some of the webs. Gizmo is just doing like a training montage. I don't know. He's been, he's been like getting tortured like the entire, like, yeah. like not waterboarded because that would have done something different but yeah. like he's getting his head mashed into a, a light copier yeah he's getting run over by a train and then he starts like but he starts like training like he's punching yeah. up something or whatever but I feel like they make it really funny and cute too because he's just like has the one big weight and he just like then falls through the floor and yeah. stuff like that and then uh what was the next oh, was he the does next something one? where he's punching something yeah, he's like yeah. trying to punch the bag and you're just like <laughs> And, and no. then eventually he makes a uh, like a Rambo outfit, mm-hmm. including a bow and arrow out of a. And here's here's the one thing I loved about this. They built an entire separate gizmo. Yeah. With human hands inside the puppet so that they could show him bending a giant paper mm-hmm. clip. And they made that suit just for these little inner 
cut scenes right. of the training montage, which I guess they do culminate in him shooting the flaming mm-hmm. arrow, but it's just like that costume was so there's, unnecessary. Yeah, there's so many different gizmo things because they have like the ones that dance. They have the they have this close up one that you're talking about. They yeah. have yeah. There's so much that they put into these basically non scenes. Yeah, and then like it, all the animatronics that are in the face with the eyes and the lips that move. And yeah, it's just like Jesus Christ. And some <laughs> of these gremlins that they did that with, like. They're barely in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. They built the whole puppet with the animatronic eyes and shit to be in there for 30 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those all those goof-ass mogwise. Yeah. You know, they but built I, all those just yeah. to not... I, yeah. I think I, I look at it as like, that's kind of amazing, though, because I feel like throughout it, because you have like those like very specific characters who have so much money dropped into them, mm-hmm. is that everything else is chaos that you can't fully focus on right yeah, that yeah. you're just able to be like okay they they maybe did something like that you know your your mind is so trained to think that like okay there is more character to all these things mm-hmm. than because of these few specific characters. yeah it's world yeah. building it, i mean it's this is it's rick baker right that did these um i think so that yeah i think right. it's rick baker on this film and basically he had to have made fuck you money off of this i'm sure he did <laughs> i'm sure joe dante was like Come in here. I'm gonna pay you so fucking much yeah. money, like crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna make you so rich. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and uh, so Fetterman sneaks back in through clamps, like little escape hatch that he comes out of. And then Gizmo is you know building the Rambo bow at this point. Um. And uh, so at this point, Frank the Dracula is interviewing the brainy gremlin, and he turns and shoots another gremlin <laughs> yeah. in the face. Yeah. Like, you didn't think that was be civilized. And but... he's like, what do you want? And he's like, dinettes, complete bedroom suites, convenient credit, even if we've been turned down in the past. Like he's doing this whole, again, it's like these gremlins are just regurgitating the consumerist stuff that they've yeah. seen in the few minutes that they've been in existence he wants, on TV. He wants civilization. And then yeah. he's like, right. but oh, civilization that wasn't, that wasn't civilized, you would think, but <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. But civilized to him is just consumerism. Right. You know yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just consumerism. He has, there's a real funny line yeah. in this speech. Yeah. And the, I think he's talking about he wants, um, he, wa- he wants like tickets to a matinee or whatever. Oh, to the, to the, uh, to the or no to Broadway. Yeah, he wants tickets to Broadway, and then he follows that up with, and then the street crime. But I guess we could watch that for free. <laughs> yeah, he goes. We need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the line? It's something like, uh, he's like, Broadway. We need to know how to get tickets. Yeah, and street cl- crime. But I suppose we can watch that yeah. for free. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> there's still there's still like crazy animals. In yeah, that, you know, we 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 still want to watch like hobo fights, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And it's it's just this is like I said, just the kind of full on tongue in cheek takedown of consumerism, media culture, all that stuff, while just simultaneously spending as much money as possible. So Gizmo saves um, Kate and the boss from the spider mm-hmm. gremlin with the flaming arrow. He does the the Rambo and also bit. the redhead, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the <laughs> then again, very self referential, kind of self deprecating, where Phoebe Kate starts to dig into a speech about lincoln's birthday instead (laughs) which was of course a reference to the first movie where she does the the christmas speech about how her dad died in the chimney Mm -hmm. but 
which is a cra- one of the most famous parts of the first movie because it's a complete non sequitur insanity. Yeah. And she goes to do it this time, but then they're all just like, no, no, let's not do this but kind of thing. It's good character building yeah. because the story she's telling is about a man dressed as Lincoln flashing her. And earlier in the film, she kicked the flasher gremlin. Yes, she does. Uh, despite avoiding all the other gremlins, uh-huh. it's the one. It's the flasher one that set her That's off. That's the one she boots. because she's Let been tra- just, she's been traumatized by. Let me just make a point to say <laughs> that if we have this gremlin party, then no one can dress as a flasher gremlin. Okay, guys, let's just. I cannot make that promise. I cannot make that promise. Don't don't don't. Why are you Stop gotta, stifling my creativity? Yeah. <laughs> It's, you. it's not creative if it's like given to you. I'm going to be yeah. Lincoln Gremlin. <laughs> Hell yeah. So now there's just like a giant musical number. Um, <laughs> Brainy Gremlin starts singing and there's about a hundred other gremlins no, no. on screen singing Frank Sinatra's New York, New York. <laughs> yeah. um, and Greta joins in. There's like she she comes up through the floor. It's like a Super Bowl halftime show. Absolutely. But, but New York, New York. And it's just, again, it's just so indulgent and so insane. It's like how all of her sounds are just like, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Never yeah. says anything. Just, no. Uh, she says like, a couple wow, of things like later on. the whole time. When she is preparing to be married, which we'll get to in like two seconds because we're spiraling towards the end here. <laughs> um, it, she, she does have a couple of like under the, you know, uh, under the breath kind of lines. But um, so meanwhile, you know, Clamp has has a plan. He's got this like big um, like sheet over the front of the building that mm-hmm. looks like a moonscape kind of thing. He's going to trick them that way. Um but uh, before that, we get a bunch more like puppet gags and little vignettes, like the weird little Phantom of the Opera thing and mm-hmm. stuff. It's, I love that. Um, and Billy has Futterman spray them all with fire hose. And then Kate transfers the call from upstairs to the lobby where so the electric gremlin comes down to that phone. So basically... In their world, electricity and phone calls are like <laughs> when you're on those little electric poles in Mario Odyssey, yeah. where you're just like flying around. <laughs> yeah. um, so they come down, and they uh, it comes out and electrocutes all of the gremlins in the lobby during their you know right after their big musical number. And yeah, it's just insanely dumb and just perfectly in line with mm-hmm. the rest of this movie. They all melt, yeah. um, and uh, turn into a bunch of goop. We do get the um. Uh... Why am I creating the movie? But we're like, I'm melting the witch. Like, oh, witch yeah, they even do a freaking yeah, Wizard of Oz reference. I think actually is Joe Dante. Oh, is it him doing yeah. the... I think what he does the voice. The yeah. yeah, I think he does that. Oh, that's uh, perfect. And I love the... the I There's nothing that gets me excited more than a SWAT team going... Any movie? Yeah, like with Clamp at the front table. He's like... Yeah, they let him have a gun. Yeah, they give him a gun. He comes in as the hero, you know, and then he makes Frank an anchor on his network, you know... Uh, uh, oh, by the way, little Easter egg here. You know the random SWAT team guy who all of a sudden just blasts a shotgun? Yeah. He's like, what was that? He was like, it moved. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see who that was? No. No, that one I missed. That was Hank from Breaking Bad. Oh, really? no shit. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. The Norse. Yeah. Um, and, and again, Clamp has learned nothing. 
Um, he decides he wants to build Kingston Falls in New Jersey because he sees mm-hmm. Billy's picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he initially wants notes because he's like, oh, I need to, I'm going to write a book about this. Oh, yeah. my God, I'm amazing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. He wants to merch. He sees Gizmo. He immediately wants to merchandise, <laughs> you know, Gizmo things. Um, you know, and, and it's just, like I said, it's, that, it's. I feel like was a little bit out of context, which, I mean, because clearly, why would someone want to merchandise something with that created this, like, entire mess that just. He he obviously because knows he's, he's the huge. WB, like yeah. he's Warner Brothers. Also, yeah. I don't think he's aware that that Gizmo is tied to the Gremlins. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. I don't think he knows that one is well, then related he's clearly, to the other. Like just an idiot. But I like. I yeah. just like. I feel like there's yeah. a little disconnect with there. It's just like that felt a little random. Yeah, he's just a buffoon. Me. He just yeah. saw a cute thing and said, "I want to." I could make money yeah. off that. And, and the whole thing was to just make a reference to like the the sticker the the suction cup on the back of the windows okay. which was a thing that was already popular with gremlins yeah, yeah. or with gizmo specifically right, yeah. so gotcha. yeah clamp is 100% warner brothers you know billy is joe dante mm-hmm. you know he probably put a little bit of himself in that as like a monster kid kind of thing and you know we get it, it but it, it's just fucking wild and uh so this is how it ends forrester by the way which was the name i couldn't remember of uh of um you know clamps lackey um is marrying greta gremlin yeah. The, yeah. The, the the sexy I don't know gremlin. by his own choice at and all and then she's that. in full gown he's scared but also into it so it just ends with him fucking gremlin. <laughs> that's yes. like the end of the movie is him being down to fuck a gremlin and that's really what both movies were kind of leading up to the whole time is like who's gonna mm. be the first one to fuck a gremlin um <laughs> I want to see so a gremlin race. human yeah. baby. And then I there's the post-credit do. sequence, even again with Daffy Duck and, and, and Porky Pig at the end where they're basically like, yeah, it was just, it's, it's yeah. the whole thing is just a big exercise in ludicrous fuck you money excess. Um, and just like, you're paying me to talk about how you suck. Yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> what the whole movie yeah. is about. Um, yeah. It's, so, it, it's wild that... I mean, I I, I I have to know more about the book ending with the Looney Tunes because mm-hmm. it, it it was about uh, Daffy Duck taking control of like, you know, the it's like the 50th year anniversary or whatever. Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Warner Brothers decided they had to put those two bookends on. Yeah. Just like, oh, this isn't going to go over well unless people understand its cartoons. See, because like mm-hmm. Daffy Duck even appears in the credits. Yeah. And is like pointing up, pointing them out. And he's like, long, aren't they? <laughs> long, yeah, yeah. I took it as this. I took it as another Joe Dante spending all of their money on mm-hmm. all this dumb shit, and then going not only that, but Commission I want Chuck to Jones. put it- <laughs> your characters, mm. your beloved iconic characters in this piece of shit and i'm not gonna make the and i'm not gonna make the movie unless you let so, me put your, yeah you are so money hungry you will do anything to make a gremlins 2 mm. including give me 50 million dollars to take a shit and i'm going to wipe my ass with your iconic characters yeah. that's how i always because he commissioned chuck jones who was the animator yeah and yeah so he just like hey chuck fucking do these yeah. and like didn't give him That's you know funny. specifics as to why yeah he just did it <laughs> and it was basically like warner brothers is clamp warner yeah. brothers will do anything for a buck no matter what nothing mm-hmm. is sacred mm-hmm. you know nothing because all of these big companies you know whether it be warner brothers obviously disney is very famous for this yeah they are all about like 
protecting their IP right. and they have specific untouchable things mm -hmm. like the symbol, the three circles of Mickey Mouse. Like you can't do anything with that or you get your ass suit off. Although I don't know you can say that about Warner Brothers anymore. Probably Space not. Jam 2 exists. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Warner Brothers, I mean, <laughs> Disney has taken over the earth and everything yeah. else is, you know, there's 10 feet of shit and then mm -hmm. everything else. But I think at that time for, for, for Joe Dante, that was probably like a nothing is sacred. Mm -hmm. I'm going to even bring your iconic characters into my right. world of nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have the Batman symbol. I'm gonna spray paint your yeah. logo on my goofy ass <laughs> monsters. Yeah, everything. So now was it's just a question: if like all of these things that are kind of like fuck yous that you'd be like <laughs> are actually funny, or if you're just like uh, no, it's just revenge it gives them film. Context. Is this a revenge film, guys? It, gives them <laughs> <laughs> it is a revenge film in a way. It just yeah. gives them context just because <laughs> I like the the fuck you of it makes certain parts that aren't. Ha ha funny mm -hmm. makes them like, yeah, wow, you motherfucker, yeah, yeah you yeah, did yeah. it, yeah, 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 yeah. I, and like, it makes Joe Dante my hero, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I genuinely love the Gremlins franchise, like, I love all the movies, I think they're super fun in a lot of ways. I don't like to me, they don't ever like, they don't always come off, and maybe it's just like a, this, like, highbrow humor where you're not like haha ha, the entire time but like they're fun and i but like i don't know it's, it's lighthearted, but it's always like a baseline lighthearted. yeah you never get like a laugh out loud yeah. moment because it never really surprises Unless you're brian because then he gets all like the weird <laughs> Stop acting like <laughs> looney tunes <laughs> isn't funny looney tunes is funny but there's not yeah. it's not just like it's not yeah. a laugh out loud anymore yeah. for me. I don't know. Well, it's yeah, dated. I mean, maybe it's, time it's, and place yeah, of it all. Dated. Like it's a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's not about, it's like genuinely, like I can't sit here and be like, start try to bash it. I'm just like, yeah. I think genuinely like I have fun when I watch them and I really should probably watch them high, like more often, <laughs> you know, like when I do. Should watch I, like, them high more often. <laughs> again, we have this high Where horror. is your sense of childlike wonder? Uh, it died in my childhood. <laughs> we don't want to mm. go there. <laughs> so, also, the other thing is, this movie, you may not agree with me, has held up 42 years. It was held up a lot better than... I mean, you Psycho mean like Gorman held hostage? Well Do you mean like held hostage? Uh, I don't want to go interesting, there, bro. Interesting, inter that's an interesting hypothesis, but that's not where we're at. But we're I also, in 2022 now. But yeah. I also, sorry, I was going to only say is like, I get what you're saying, but like, yeah, we're talking, I think I, I could see Psycho especially if the second one is like as fun in yeah. some way, shape or form, could be a movie that I would revisit. Like I haven't had a lot of movies in the last like 10 years that I've been like, I absolutely want to come back to this movie. Psycho Gorman is one of those movies that I but would definitely... But it is very much of its time. Like, 90s nostalgia but same thing, isn't going to be about, cool like, necessarily too. in 10 or 20 or 30 or 42 years right. from now. Because it, 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 it requires us to have the frame of reference of who we are right now. Like, yeah. it, Psycho Gorman appeals mainly to people who are like 30 to 40. Yeah, because we get all the reference of like what Saturday morning cartoons and Power Rangers and all that shit is. Yeah, uh, Gremlins doesn't have, but I mean, yeah, Gremlins is like it. It's the Looney Tunes, but I don't know how many. How, I don't know how that appeals to people nowadays. Every show mm -hmm. that has any amount of physical comedy now is still ripping off Looney Tunes in oh, yeah, so yeah. many ways. Yeah, like it's Looney Tunes is timeless, right? Mm -hmm. 
Power, I love, listen, I have freaking Power Rangers toys in my office here. Like, I love Power Rangers. It ain't Looney Tunes. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, I, I do think there's more staying power to it. Don't get me wrong. I think Psycho Gorman is a very focused, hyper-specific love letter to a certain thing. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Which I love about it. Yeah. So. But I guess I think about, like, there's not a lot of original things anymore. I mean, especially when we're creating new creatures. I mean, we're creating, a, he was creating a new creature in ways, but it was still, like, a reference to something that he had been influenced by that he was just creating something new for. Um like you know, and then Psycho whereas like Gorman, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then when we think about gremlins, like we're talking more about like creatures, or so like literally critters of sorts. Like you yeah. know, where like you don't see that type of thing being created as much anymore because it's just not as popular. It's literally. So, I mean, I could go on Tubi right now. I'm gonna guess there's. 40 movies that are gremlin ripoffs on there yeah, yeah. i was gonna say that's yeah, what yeah. i'm saying like you're not seeing as many like original ones that are like kind of like that in a way and i like that's why i genuinely don't think a lot of things now are like super but, original yeah what makes saying is like we don't get like those creature like there's a bunch of those ripoff ones mm -hmm. but we haven't seen like a triple a level mm -hmm. that would have been a gremlin you know we haven't seen yeah. a like a critter movie like that in a while, like little yeah. little creatures kind of thing. A little yeah. bit, I think. I, I, mean, um, I don't know. Krampus why. comes to mind. I was gonna say with the little creatures in Krampus. Yeah. I mean, even like but, in the new Ghostbusters Afterlife, there's like little. You know, that stinks, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Like, I think little baddies is an iconic horror subgenre right. and trope that was mm. created by Gremlins. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, not even. I mean, you could go back to it, it was created by yeah. Gremlins. I mean, I, you could go I, back to the the Tribbets, Night of the Tribbets, and all that sort of stuff. Everything you know, is definitely then. like the further we go back, the less reference we have for like the time and place of it is going to be more original than something that came before. But it was always a play on something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I mean, literally, that's what every I think with horror, everything leading up to this, everything point, has it, its yeah. influences. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's like how original can you make the story behind it, and like how original can you make the characters, and like how your how your attachment is to it and so i think like that story and how you feel towards it is going to be more of that originality than actual like like characters but I, if that makes sense and I, I mean maybe that's just like a skewed perspective now on it but like and or maybe i'm i'm not really trying to like defend my movie even further but like i i just think like time and place i was I born at night it wasn't last night right <laughs> I do think time and place, though, is then Gremlins will always hold a special place. Like, I will always watch the Gremlins. I will always, like, love them and, like, love the characters. And, like, even if I think they're really dumb, like, especially now as an adult, I'm like, if I look back, I'm like, wow, that, like, if I was an adult now watching that, I'd be like, man, that was kind of fucking stupid, depending on where I was at with, like, my perspective on horror and stuff like that. But, like, I, it, there could be different. I could feel differently depending on when I watch that. I think sure. what Meg is trying to say is... Stop putting words in my mouth, but maybe you're where, okay. Yeah, don't interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> what Meg is trying to say is, where is the horror? Where is the comedy? <laughs> I don't There's say... I, no, 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 it's no, 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 literally no. all comedy. I, no, I say yeah. I, horror there, definitely. Comedy is like, meh. I would there, say comedy is there, but meh. But that's comedy, like, like you're tasting you know, comedy. Do you know? I'm tasting beer right now, dude. Um, <laughs> the, and you're what tasting, I'm tasting com is meh. Is the word meh? <laughs> I'm sorry, you only like uh, uh, referential. I mean, how many? All the stuff in Psycho Gore Man are just—it's just referent referential comedy. <laughs> right, I like Psycho no, Gore Man. You just wait. All right, all right, you Steve, do your movie. Wait. Do your goddamn movie. 
Don't don't make me do this. <laughs> go back. You two go back to fighting. <laughs> Steve, do you have a movie? I do have a movie. <laughs> All right. And I have a movie that, unlike the other two movies we've talked <laughs> about, wow. has both horror and comedy. Um. I mean, horror is like questionable. By horror, I mean, you just mean the occasional jump scare. Yeah. yeah okay. But like, it, it has jump scares. It horror has, in the James Wan sense. But also, sense like when we talked horror. about predictability, I felt like every ounce of the horror aspect. I mean, I'm definitely jumping ahead, so pardon me. Every ounce of the horror aspect is like every trope that you've seen before. Uh, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> it's haunted house tropes. Yeah. Haunted house tropes, rosemary um, baby tropes, exorcism tropes of sorts, exorcism you know? tropes. Yes, it takes yeah. them all and then it puts them into wet hot American yeah, summer. And yeah, I, I mean, maybe I would have felt differently if I was like, oh yeah, I would have chose scary movie and that's would have been the same equivalent. You know, this what I mean? did feel like a funnier version of the scary movie franchise, sure. and I wrote that in my notes. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it is. It is funnier than those movies. All right, let's jump into it. <laughs> but that's let's jump into that's it. not I, saying I'm much. Ahead of myself. No, yeah. it's funnier than your two movies as well so <laughs> what a great movie hell baby is <laughs> written and directed by robert ben grant and thomas lennon of obviously the reno 911 fame but mm-hmm. also from the state it's, it's it's pretty simple it's a haunted house horror movie it has all the tropes of things that we've seen past it starts with rob cordry and his wife they have bought a house in one of the more uh depressed dilapidated areas of new orleans because they are gentrifying shitbirds. Mm-hmm. you're not supposed to like these people <laughs> right mm-hmm. uh and they have bought the maison du sang <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a great bit yeah uh they are moving in and it, they begin to discover scary things happening in the house boxes that stack themselves unnaturally no boxes would stack nobody would stack boxes like that sure yeah keegan michael key is hilarious yeah he's very good yeah i feel like they do a good job at like that like purposeful like jump scare every ounce of every moment they can possibly do that they do that Mm -hmm. every every jump scare is also followed with a laugh yes and and Mm -hmm. it's done very purposely that way uh, even the one that's very late in the film with like all the boxes and like that's probably my favorite gag. We'll get that. In, yeah, right? yeah. But yeah, the as uh, Rob Corddry and his wife, played by Leslie Bibb, are moving into the house, uh, which it looks it is shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it looks absolutely. like shit. It, it looks terrible. They think they're going to be able to like flip it or something. Right. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're there to flip it. He's say he's talking about how much he spent on it and like they could slap a coat of paint on it and sell it for a profit. So they're not great, but as they're moving in, Keegan Michael Key is just at their window, <laughs> yeah, in the breezeway, standing yeah. around as he would, yeah, and he just comes in through the window. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, but you're gonna have to like lock it from like a different side because I can only open it from this side." Oh yeah. <laughs> you see, the thing about this window is that it gets stuck on here, but from this outside, it is easily accessible. I can pull it up at any moment. Yeah, which clearly is a common thing. Yeah. The whole movie. Right. yeah. Uh, he, he Keegan Michael Key plays Fresnel. Kegel Michael Key is that Kegel, Kegel Michael yeah, Key. Key. Yeah. <laughs> which which we did clarify for those of you listening to the last episode. You did say Kegel Michael I did Key. Say it. <laughs> I did say it. <laughs> I texted you the very next day after I listened. I was like, you fucking definitely said Kegel Michael. Key. <laughs> you fucking said that. <laughs> but, which uh, we also established we is a is a great merch opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Surprised he hasn't taken it yet, but yeah. you know maybe in the future. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's playing Fresnel, which is a it's a funny it's a I don't know how intentional it was, but like Fresnel lights are pretty common on film productions. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> like Fresnel Fresnel lights are used in like stage and theater productions and film productions because the lights can be taken from like a wide area mm. down to a spot. Okay. Like they they, they can be focused. Man, there's nothing I love more than deep, deep lighting references. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Let's nerd out here. Yeah, Let's I went to film segments. school. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I burned myself on a Fresnel white once. <laughs> Things are fucking unwieldy. <laughs> yeah, the cast is great. I love Rob Corddry. He mm-hmm. is underappreciated. I mean, you know, he was great in um in uh, uh what what's the what's the um, hot children's time machine? Well, children's hospital. Oh, say. children's hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, this is the this is the cast of the state. Right. Yeah. Pretty it, much. Yeah, it's the cast of the state minus I think Michael Showalter isn't in it. He um, is. Oh, I thought he did like the voice of something. He might have, but yeah. I don't think he's in it for sure. Uh, David Wayne is the voice of the doctor. Yes, David Wayne is him. on the phone. Yeah. And I thought I was going to say Michael Showalter was the voice of somebody. Maybe he, not. Uh, he I might, might be, be thinking another, of David yeah, Wayne. Yeah. But, but um, and then uh, uh, Carrie Kenny is the other, other one that isn't, you know. Yeah. In it. Yep. But other than that, yeah, you have everybody. And, uh, and, um, Elizabeth Banks, who's not technically in the state, but she's in like Wet Hot American Summer. Right, right. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Leslie Bibb's role was probably supposed to be Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. The, yeah. And then they couldn't get her. It just maybe, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which, it, but she does great. Oh, I, yeah, I like no, Leslie she does, Bibbs, Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Everybody's fine in this film. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's very funny. And you you get like some early looks, obviously, like Keegan-Michael Key. This movie's from 2012, 2013. So yeah. I don't think he'd completely blown up at this point with yeah. Key and Peele. I think that was just kind of get, getting started. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think is even better now watching it like so many years later. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah, show, that show age is great. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many great bits in that one. Uh, you also get uh, early uh, Kumail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nanjiani mm-hmm. before he was super jacked yeah, yeah before, he was, <laughs> before he was a Marvel superhero <laughs> before they turned him into a slave for Disney that like has to oh, get, no. maintain the 3% body fat and, yeah yeah. before yeah. he was getting hooked up to all those machines from Rocky 4 yeah <laughs> Disney will do one thing and it was turn schlubby guys like Chris Pratt and Kumail yeah. into fucking monsters <laughs> yeah they just shoot them with HGH yeah. in their ass like fucking racehorses right yeah. you want that money don't you yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, he he. I think his scene is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. He shows up out of nowhere yeah, and then leaves good. just as mm-hmm. he's just great. As he, he's such a uh, he's great at dead pan. Is, like so perfect too, just like with the slow van like mm-hmm. walk and drive it's away. A, it's, it's, such, like, it's such a great yeah, scene. We were, that was the biggest laugh of the movie. I think for me was him <laughs> walking, him driving away, pushing the trash can <laughs> yeah. down the road. Right. <laughs> it's just so funny because so. Well, just to set that scene up, uh, I mean, the whole film is just tropes about horror films. Yeah. So the plot is that, you know, as they move in, Leslie Bibb, she's pregnant, and then she slowly begins to turn, and it seems as though... That's really slowly. Well, (laughs) pretty quickly. (laughs) The only thing I think... It's just a scene where she's scrubbing her fingers at the sink, and it's very gross and upsetting. You know what I found that was weird? I don't know if it was a missed opportunity or what your guys' perspectives on it were, was when, like, with the naked lady that initially you're like, she has a trope of, like, oh, my gosh, yes, we always see these, like, weird naked ladies that are, like, just, like, ghosts and shit Mm -hmm. like that. And then all of a sudden she had nothing to do with, like, the actual horror of this house. Yeah, she was just a neighborhood person. She was, like, a neighborhood person. (laughs) Yeah. But I felt like it was almost, like, that's what made it less believable like what's actually going on like nothing made sense of how she actually became possessed because 
the that's the thing is it was never the house yeah because the dog was a real dog it wasn't a yeah. ghost dog like the uh mrs nosbaum she's just mm. an escaped she's just escaping the local like old mm. person's home yeah and like running around the in cops this house. know her she does yeah. this all the time yeah. Yeah. yeah leslie bibb is pregnant with a hell baby and like she gets a call on the phone from her doctor mm-hmm who sees it on the the sonogram that you know he wants to talk to her about it? Yeah. So this has already been a thing before they moved in. But yeah. we didn't. But we didn't really, really. We didn't get that. Like no, I don't think no, they super, never explained it. Yeah, no, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it wasn't explained because you don't really, I think, realize that, and like because she doesn't get that call until after she's living there for like what at least a few days, at least a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so that could have been a day or two ago. So like anywho. I'm yeah, definitely yeah. nitpicking at this point. <laughs> yeah, which is you are one because to it <laughs> Because it doesn't make sense. No, Your no. movie you doesn't make sense. sense. This My movie is, makes complete this sense. This movie is a comedy first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then a comedy second. Yeah. And then perhaps a comedy third, and then horror <laughs> maybe like fourth or fifth. <laughs> well, at least it gets to the horror at some point. <laughs> Come Brian. on. Come on. <laughs> Wait, which one of us doesn't get to a horror? Brian's. Mm, no, I still think it has horror. It's got I, I fucking have... little monsters everywhere. Yeah, know, Hundreds of tiny yeah. monsters. I, one of them is a, one of them's a spider monster. Comedy. At no point are they ever scary. <laughs> where, where, what's scary about your movie? A jump uh, scare? Yeah. But you had to Naked say there's, women a, that there's are a whole old and gross. subgenre of creature lay little critters. So we have it on our wheel, bro. Like, I'm saying, We got Brian, it on the wheel, hey, bro. Hey, Brian, calm down. <laughs> Because yours doesn't have as much humor. As soon as okay? I hear something that, that that supports what I say, I just repeat it. Yeah. It's on the wheel. <laughs> Look, if we're ranking things on their horror elements, I don't think Gremlins 2 goes up there because it's all fucking Looney Tunes. It's sweet sci-fi horror. Just because I'm not I'm not saying it's not not horror because that's like saying Beetlejuice kinda, is kinda, not horror. You kinda just yeah, yeah. Beetlejuice it. is still horror, just the same way Gremlins 2 is, but the elements are not that scary. We also had a pretense for Gremlins to be horror. Where right. Beetlejuice was, was just like a random one. The original you know I mean? Gremlins actually has some generally disturbing and gross things. So we knew that it was horror walking into it. Right. Just the comedy element was a little bit questionable. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, guys. Boom. Oh, guys. Okay. Anywho, let's keep going after Steve here on his. Don't go after Let me. the man talk about his movie. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go after me. Let me talk about my movie, Meg. We're Stop five interrupting me. In. Stop interrupting me, Saturday morning Splatterfest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We get a whole bunch of elements. Again, Leslie Bibb is pregnant with an evil baby. You don't know that. You get introduced to the wonderful characters of the priests from Rome. <laughs> yeah. It's so sim- and, so much simpatico. It's like, yeah, so let's just light up a cigarette right there. Yeah. They, Every scene. <laughs> they're tough. They're smoking. They're doing boxing training outside. The characters are terrible. The actors are funny. Yes. That's all. Yeah, Those no. two guys could do anything. I would laugh. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're the, the you don't have to care that much about the characters, but they do provide wonderful backstory for themselves. I also feel like seventy percent of their lines were improvised. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. The, uh, and again, like that's in line with you know the wet hot American summer. Like right. just yeah. this whole group of actors. You know, they kind of they they really put forward that improv style mm-hmm. that became the unfortunate basis for every comedy movie that was made yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah it doesn't work with everybody but i think it works with these 
uh, yeah, this there's group very because, few people who can pull it off. Yeah, yeah. And I think it works with this group because it, they just mm-hmm. know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean this. This. I mean the state. I don't know the. I'm making maybe a little bit of leap, leap in logic, but the state is very funny. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit niche. You know, it's a little bit like subversive. Right. But I feel like without the state, there's no. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, probably not. No. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you're looking at like Kids of the Hall in the state, where like the big things of like the '80s and '90s mm-hmm. that have like real subversive sketch comedy. Yeah, that like took you know went away from Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. because about that time Saturday Night Live was really eating its ass. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and then what was the other one that was really good around? It was a little later on, but it definitely came after the state and was very heavily influenced by it was like the, the White Show. Kid. No, I was going to say the White oh, Kids. Kids you know. White Kids yeah, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. That yeah, they're a very heavily influenced by the state, but yeah, mm-hmm. that uh they that is probably one of the funniest shows for like subversive political humor. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that show's really really good. It's yeah. I love it, but (laughs) we're not talking about it right now. We're not doing Miss March. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so you have these priests who are introduced, and they're on the case Mm -hmm. because they they get word that there's something afoul in America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Back at the Maison du Sang, (laughs) you have uh, Leslie Bibb is obviously becoming more and more unhinged, but you're also getting glimpses of this... Uh, evil naked lady hanging out. <laughs> you saw her first in the window, so you think she's a ghost, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, but Rob Corddry goes down for a nap, and then somebody crawls into bed with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, before this, she ju- she pokes her head out of the shower. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. A good she's in, and then yeah, Leslie Bibb disappears while she's in the shower. Yeah, right. And yeah, then so, no one's in the shower. Yeah. Well, also somehow Leslie Bibb disappears in the shower. That's what I'm saying. Oh, That's what I said. Yeah, That's okay. what you said. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Leslie Bibb is in the shower. She disappears, replaced by Mrs. Nussbaum. But she's not even there when he opens the... Right, and then she's not there either. So So fucking weird. (laughs) Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Mrs. Nussbaum climbs in the bed with him, uh, begins to fillet him, but then also begins to bite him. (laughs) He's like, ow, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Yeah. I Rob just love her is... look every time. She's like, <laughs> like just like this like open mouth grin laugh. Yeah. You're just like, wow. Rob okay. Cordry is so good at playing like somebody who's put upon. Yeah. He's very yeah. good at that. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the one thing, and I think it's something that's missing from Psycho Goreman, but is mm. in this film is that Rob Cordry just plays a straight man. Mm-hmm. Like he's everything is a hassle to him. Everything is a put up on to him. Yeah. He's upset at everything. He hates the lamp that he can't fix. He hates the boxes <laughs> that stack themselves. Yeah. He's all he's constantly getting the shit scared out of but him. The only by, thing that, like with <laughs> you making that comparison, as I'm saying, with like the, the dad and Psycho Goreman is that I have known and probably dated a few of these people <laughs> where they're like, I do all this stuff. Give me credit for this, yeah. but it's not like it's like it's literally like if I was standing up straight, like up to my hip of like effort, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, they're like, but I'm doing everything. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, it's still like, just like, yeah, right he's here, not a good, he's I mean? not a good, he's not a sympathetic character, but <laughs> right. he is the straight man, the put upon, guy. yeah, 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 Greg, yeah, Greg, like, he's not, uh, I don't know, he's not grounded in reality, yeah. whereas right. Rob Cordry is. Uh, as Jack, he's he's just very much like what the fuck. Yeah. Anytime something is like gone way off the hinge, yeah. he's like, what the fuck? Why are we putting up with this? Right, right. In the scene of him getting blown by Mrs. Nussbaum, he picks up a fire extinguisher <laughs> and wraps her on the head, <laughs> just brains her, yeah, head. just bonk, elka bong with the 
the fire extinguisher. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Bibb runs in uh, to find the the uh, the dead granny. Uh, checks her pulse. Confirms that she's dead. <laughs> Isn't she like a doctor or something? <laughs> I don't think. Um, I don't know. Why do I have it in my head that she's a doctor? Maybe I don't know. I'm wrong. Maybe but... she's just hanging around doctors. Yeah, well. maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is where they decide they have to bury the body <laughs> because uh, it looks very poor that he was having sex in this old lady's mouth and then hit her with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> such a such a crass way of putting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's good. I mean, it's not as crass as what they just say in the film, but I just, I just, yeah, the way you said yeah. it was funny. Hi, but, but, uh, yeah, so they, uh, they dump her body, which in a very obvious dummy mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in a tarp is mm-hmm. thrown yes. down the stairs. They dig a hole, they bury her, and, and she they... and then his wife's chugging wine while pregnant right. the yeah, entire yeah. time. Yeah. She like starts smoking, smoking, again, smoking, and, like, wine. chugging wine. wine. Yeah, and this is where they are confronted by a possible ghost dog, uh, very much out of the omen. It's a Rottweiler, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she speaks Latin at it as it runs away, <laughs> which, like, yeah, <laughs> which incurs Jack's first instance of what the fuck. Yes, <laughs> uh, he asks her to go to a psychiatrist. And they, she agrees. They go to Michael Ian Black. I love him so much. <laughs> I actually Genuinely. don't like him, but really, I, I have mixed feelings about Michael Ian Black because he seems like an insufferable dick. Mm-hmm. But there are characters that he does that are so funny. I mean, Wet Hot American Summer, right. even like Viva Variety. I don't know if you remember what Viva Variety. No. Um, that was on Comedy Central back in the day. And he played a character. I want to say his name was like Johnny Blue Jeans or okay. something. That was really funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there's some characters, like, you know, it, because he's an insufferable dick in real life, mm-hmm. as I perceive. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, it does fine on film. Right, right. <laughs> but right. it's just like, I could not imagine myself hanging around him. No, no, he seems insufferable. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, he's, play, he's playing a bike riding psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, they have this... Like conversation back and forth of him talking about how much he loves his bike. Yeah. Rob Cordry says, "Oh yeah, we bike too." He goes, "Oh yeah, what do you ride?" Like, I don't like, know why I said. I, I don't know. But also, fuck you. Yeah. Who, who fucking cares. Uh, but yeah, the, he he takes a uh, he he takes Vanessa, who is the wife, takes her into the office, and then a couple minutes later, she comes right out. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemingly cured 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Rob Corddry is a little confused that he would say she's cured 100% and then prescribe her Valium while she's pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. He wants to go talk to the doctor and then she puts on the waterworks and you have this fun little reveal of him opening the door to the office to find Michael Ann Black crucified <clears throat> while Straight he's up. still talking to his wife. Yeah. So he never actually sees it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun reveal, you know. But it's, it's great. It's comedic, but it's also gross because his guts are yeah. out. Well, and, and it's literally just sausage links. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the most basic, <laughs> yeah. you know, they yeah, went yeah. they went to Giant Eagle to buy all the supplies for the effects. It's, it's, yeah. it's jello in just sausage cases. Ham. Yeah, just yeah. chip yeah. chop ham in sausage cases, <laughs> yeah. actually. And then like a little bit of, uh, a little bit of um, uh, pantyhose as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Look, I've done it before. I know how to do that. <laughs> we get it, Steve. You make the d- d- movies. We Dumb get it. Not anymore. Man. I'm retired because I'm bad at it. 
And I have no money. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they uh, uh, they go back home, and you have more hijinks with Fresnel constantly popping up in places. (laughs) Like he's just down in the in the base. My favorite one is when he's down in the basement, Mm -hmm. and he's just like because every time he walks up to him, yeah, he they both are like startled by it. Right, (laughs) (laughs) they're both startled. Yeah. Uh, you also have had a scene where, like, uh, while Leslie Bibb was in the office, uh, Fresnel has ca- called Rob Cordry to inform him that the police were there. Right. Mm-hmm. He's and he like, said, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that sounds like somebody who might have did something, but I don't know. <laughs> He's, like, remarkably understanding mm-hmm. uh, and on his side, even right. though he doesn't really, like, know him or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, All he's ever done is trespass in his house, right. but he's like <laughs> on his side 100%, like sympathetic of everything. Right. Yeah. Well, as we come to understand, Fresnel is basically squatting in the house. Yeah, yeah. Right. But he also witnessed the murder. Right. <laughs> what we think is the murder. This is almost like it's his racket. Yeah. To get shit on people and then squat in their house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk off to their pornography and. Hang out in their homes. Yeah, satanic <laughs> pornography that they starred in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back at home, the cops, the played by uh, Rob Hubel and oh, why Paul Shear? Paul Shear. Yeah. Why am I blank? I couldn't believe I blanked on his name. But. Oh, Paul Shear's so good. Yeah. And they're both great. Rob Hubel and Paul. I mean, all these. Which people one's are the more fun. bald one? Paul, Paul Shear. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw him on the league and like absolutely fell in love with him. He's there. in the like, league. He's, so he's. I mean, one of my favorite podcasts. How did this get made? He's. Mm-hmm. He's on that. With, oh, okay. Um, he's married to uh, 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 June Diane. June Diane Raphael, yeah. and then uh, and then Jason Manzukis is the other. That's a great yeah. show. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's a great show. Still haven't done the Hellraiser with uh, Adam Scott in it, but <laughs> I know we, we talked about this. It's like it's a fucking treasure trove. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they 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 have this setup of like good cop, bad cop, but really just they're both bad cops. <laughs> they're they're yeah. they're rude and uh, they're suspicious and they're just like like constantly trying to get people to admit to crimes yeah whether or not they did them or not (laughs) and they're and they're always like trying to like throw out like oddly like punny insults Mm -hmm. but then one of them runs out yeah Yeah. Yeah. they like make the wrong insult they're like are the wrong he's like all right casanova like wait (laughs) i thought we were doing smart guys (laughs) yeah no, like I, I really, really liked their dynamic. I thought that was pretty funny throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing too, because they're just like, "Let me just ask you a question." Like, "Well, did you do something? Did you do something?" And yeah. it just feels like, like they went to them and said, "Okay, you guys are the cops. Come up with a bit." Yeah, <laughs> you guys are the cops. Be cops. What, yeah. what yeah. would it be like if a comedian was a cop? Right. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Go. Yeah, uh, they take a they take Jack out to see. You just went Australian for a second. There. I did. <laughs> I take, they take. <laughs> I was so, I was like I had like a little bit of swallow and like goop in my mouth. And, <laughs> I don't know why it made me Australian, but it did. Uh, Game on. Yeah, <laughs> they they take Jack Jack outside because they have uh, Mrs. Nussbaum. <laughs> On a stretcher, covered up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they go. Uh, Mrs. Nusswoman has something to tell you. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> and she sits up. <laughs> and she's like, "I'm okay." <laughs> <laughs> Who was in the Mrs. Nussbaum costume? Did, uh, we, did I, I never looked it up? Uh, it was somebody called Alex Berg. 
Oh, I don't know who, who's it, Alex he didn't, hmm. it didn't even have like a, a a profile picture on the IMDb. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I hmm. it wasn't somebody I recognized by name right away or anything. Uh, yeah, but it's just like it's somebody who's in a fat suit, essentially like Evil Dead Two, the yeah. way Ted Raimi was in the uh, the downstairs granny mm-hmm. suit. But uh, yeah, they they insist on her getting a hug from Jack <laughs> because she wanted to thank him. <laughs> <laughs> I know those type of hugs. Yeah. Well, then she yeah. starts putting her fingers up his ass. Yep. <laughs> and the whole time, I love Rob Hubel at this point because he's going, act like a lady. Act like a lady. <laughs> like they deal with her every day. Right, yeah. yeah. Like this isn't new. <laughs> it's just like, act like a lady, Mrs. Nussbaum. I just looked at um, uh, uh, Alex Berg. And he's in a ton of shit. Huh. Weird. weird. Is he like, always in just, an old lady costume? No, he he does a lot of voices on okay. stuff. Yeah, a lot, definitely a lot of... I mean, a ton is a strong one. Well, he's I feel like He's certainly not in a ton, but he's, he's got like 38 acting credits. Okay, yeah. But it's was, a lot of voice acting. I was going to say, like, that character itself was just kind of like very jackass-esque. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, let's see Johnny Knoxville in a um, old lady suit. Right, right yeah. Now, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. He's been in a lot of stuff that touches a lot of the people, like that bajillion dollar properties. Okay. You know, stuff where, mm. where like Rob Hubel and, and, and Rob Cordry and all those guys were on. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, so obviously a friend who gets work. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. But one episode of the Goldbergs, you know, that's it. Okay. Children's Hospital. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, they, they put her down with a uh, taser. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and then they start shocking each other with tasers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's pretty great. Yeah, they're just a bunch of like they're just a couple of like dipshit broy you know guys. Yeah, yeah, just dumb, just dumb. Act like a lady. (laughs) Finger up his ass. She's humping him too. I think it's it she's, she's, yeah. oh, she's yeah. like, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we mentioned this. She's butt ass naked. Oh, yeah. yeah she's yeah, butt yeah. ass naked the, the whole entire time. time. Yeah. Full bush, too. Yeah. Let's yeah. Huge, yeah. huge gray bush. Huge gray merkin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sewn onto a fat suit. <laughs> uh, back in the house, you, you're you getting allusions to uh, Leslie Bibbs, Vanessa's sister, is coming. Mm-hmm. She is obviously some sort of. Uh, hippy dippy type, mm-hmm. and she's coming to bless their new house with you know whatever ceremony she believes in. She's living <laughs> on an Indian reservation of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> she, yep. Yeah, they said uh, she Curly Bear broke up with her. <laughs> Curly Bear is her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they keep talking about. <laughs> Took her car and all her credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even so. know she had a good get credit cards. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have credit to get credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they set this character up way before you ever see her. Uh, you also have the priests still coming to America and getting in the fights at the Hertz rent a car. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was a good. <laughs> as one. A, as they're smoking and headbutting people who complain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, Ricky Ling Lindholm. I couldn't remember the name yeah. of the person. Yeah, she's great. She's from uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, I was gonna yeah. say yeah. And and previous Halloween is forever episode, uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Yes, she she's is. The she's Detective great Julia. In that. Yeah, yeah, she's good and everything. Yeah, she she so. The, show that is completely underappreciated it was only on for actually i think i got like three seasons another period okay did you watch that uh, i've only seen a couple shit, episodes was like so funny it I, was like, her and natasha watched... uh natasha Legero. okay yeah. yeah and they they uh it was that show was so fucking funny what, yeah. what was it on it was on comedy central oh okay and it was like a it was the whole idea was it was like a period drama yeah. mm-hmm. about these two you know women who were in like victorian era kind of mm-hmm. you know, so. Okay. Yeah. The what? It, what is the other person with the something in oats? 
Oh, like, Garfunkel Kate, and Oates. Yeah, yeah. Kate Yeah, because I was just like, yeah, that was like, I, I was familiar with that when I saw her. Yeah, she, like, she's always, in, like, kind of um, she does the voice of uh, one of the characters on um, PBS show. Okay. A PBS cartoon show that my kids watch. Mm. So oh, okay. they recognize her voice like immediately. Every single yeah. time there's a, they're like, oh, that's from, that's from <laughs> Nature Cat, I think it's, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you bring her up, uh, Ricky Lindholm. We're introduced to her in a case of mistaken uh, identity mm-hmm. as she's in the shower and Rob Corddry thinks it's his wife. He opens it up and no, it's Ricky Lindholm, buck ass naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whatever reason she decided to do full frontal yeah definitely did not do marking work at all <laughs> no yeah. no, no she marking went work full, full on <laughs> yeah and then she just like they have this really uncomfortable scene between yeah. each other where he's she's clearly like has like boundary issues yeah. and she's like this very like free spirit type of person and she's making him put like lotion on her and all yeah. this stuff yeah, yeah. and he, like she's going on about how she started it it takes a twist because she starts the conversation saying about how like she doesn't believe in marriage as an institution, which is like, oh, she's trying to fuck him. But then she lays it down more as, so you don't own my sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is there to bless the house. Uh, but before that, we get the priests discovering the crucified body of Michael Ann Black with the cops. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this whole obsession that runs through this film of... It starts with the priest in the Vatican where they're looking at crime scene photos from right. a previous case. And they're like, oh, it's so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do it again here because they're taking crime scene photos of the crime scene in front of them. Yeah. But then they're looking through the photos on the camera going, oh, yuck. It's so gross. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. They're try- They're kind of doing like those characters are more like like a cop procedural like kind of reference mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but they keep doing it like because they want to show them like, it, you know, like they get not. It's like the, it's so gruesome that even a veteran cop would be grossed right. out by yeah. that kind of yeah. tri- trope. Yeah. and it, But it it culminates with when they show basically the normal citizens, the the photos from the crime scene, they all start throwing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so like the cops and the priests are unaffected by this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're almost fetishizing it a yeah. little bit. And yeah. They're like, oh, it's so gross. Yuck. Terrible. <laughs> and then they show it to real people and they throw up like yeah, yeah. consistently. Like problem child two throwing up. And they're just <laughs> problem child two throwing up. But they're just they're just like smoking. And you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. the whole idea is they just really want to portray this like hard boiled cop yeah, mentality. Yeah, you know? they're hard boiled cops as priests. Yeah. Uh, the, but they have really bad Italian accents. Well, one one Spanish and the other is Italian. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thomas Lennon is Spanish and uh, Robert Penn Grant is Italian. Uh, they leave the crime scene to go get po boys, <laughs> which I feel like every <laughs> po boy scene like, was just so perfect. Like, mm, mm, mm. it's yeah. like an orgasm of food yeah. the entire time. They look good as fuck. They, they do, does. but like, it's I like kind of on right now and like just thinking about it. It is. <laughs> it's a funny bit yeah the first time yeah but they do it like three times yeah they and- should have did it more <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those bits where it becomes unfunny at one point yes and that's why you got to do it one more time to really nail it like the movie i will honestly say maybe the ending wasn't the best the movie should have ended back in the po'boy shop yeah one more with, time with everybody covered in blood 
doing basically like the Avengers ending. Yeah. You know, where like the Avengers ended with them all having like shawarma or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, do it again where they're all at the po' boys. You know, people are dead, yeah. but they're having po'. And they're boys. just like, oh, yeah. like chugging, so good. chugging a beat of beer. They're yeah. just doing Louis, they're doing New Orleans things, yeah. you know, yeah, in yeah. the yeah. place. There's a beta and zaps. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. through it. Yeah. Do you think that they shot this here and they just went to that place and had them and they were like, these are so good. Let's just put it down. I, I would not put that past them. It feels like that's yeah. what yeah, happened. Right? I'm yeah. kind of sad that I didn't watch the movie before going to New Orleans yeah. and like I couldn't have found that Well, spot, and also you know, they shot that and exists. either they shot it in because there's a very famous po' boy place in New Orleans that they either shot that in mm-hmm. or they made the set look exactly like it. Sure. Right. Because that's like a real place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. definitely not the outside it. shot, right? But they clearly tried to make the outside look like the real outside of that restaurant. But the mm. inside shot is either at that restaurant or they mm. made it look like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely something. I that forget they, what the name of the place is, but it, it's a, a Domelisi. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen it on. Uh, like I've never been to it, diners but I've seen and drivers and yeah, yeah, yeah say, diners and drivers and diners. Yeah. No, I've definitely seen it on like Food Network and <laughs> okay, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but. Yeah, that it's such a funny bit, but yeah, it just needed to be done more. But yeah, it's just gross piggishness, mm-hmm. just really enjoying po' boys. Yeah, <laughs> but it'll make you want to have a po' boy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, leaving this scene, we go to the uh, cleansing scene, mm-hmm. which is Keenan Michael Key. <laughs> It's probably my favorite. It's probably my favorite scene. Yeah, it's my favorite scene too. Yeah, Keegan Michael Key, Ricky Lindholm, Rob Corddry, and out of nowhere, Kumail. Yeah, are all sitting in a prayer. He's a cable guy. He just showed up to install the cable. Yeah, yeah. He he even points that out. He's like, I was just here to install the cable, and Ricky says, "Well, circle's complete. You (laughs) You can't can't leave it." Right. right. (laughs) Uh, She does some, you know, woo woo bullshit. Pulls out a peace pipe. Uh, they start smoking the peace pipe. It's <laughs> okay. He's like, is it just me or is this marijuana very strong? Yeah. He, just the way he puts it, he like really builds it up. He's like, is this really strong marijuana? <laughs> like, just the way he says it. Very, <laughs> builds it up a lot. Yeah. And then they all start to trip out. They have a, you know, a good time. The, uh, sesh, uh, she ends the ritual and says, this house is clean. Much like a poltergeist person would, but not. <laughs> and then the house begins to shake because it's not clean. <laughs> and they're having an earthquake only in the house, which leads them to running outside. And this is like this is like the uh, the psycho gourmet scene where like they show the kids playing the ball mm-hmm. from the outside. Because yeah. then they run outside. They're shrieking. They're all ah, yeah. screaming. They're just screaming at the top of their lungs. But like the music has fallen out. You hear just like normal outside bird sounds. Yeah. And it's just them screaming into the neighborhood. And they're like, oh, what? And then they're like, it must be over. And they go back inside and it's still happening inside. (laughs) Uh, And then when they explain it to people, they're like, is it, they're like, what the heck's going on? It's like, yeah. There's a there's a, uh, an earthquake, but it's just inside. They're like trying to explain it. To <laughs> it's just inside the house. Uh, this is where you get probably the funniest scene of Kumail just leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because... They're, they're like, are you okay to drive? Yeah. He's like, well, I am very high. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> and he walks to the van. And I what I love more than when he leaves is when he's just... <laughs> It's a good <laughs> the way he's just standing at the door of the van. 
like he doesn't know how to open it. Yeah, just standing there looking down at his feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good bit. It's a good bit. Then he gets in, gets in and just tries to drive away. <laughs> with his arms at his yeah. side, just staring at the door. You know what the funny thing is, too? Because I've been there. Yeah. Like, I've stood in front of like my medicine cabinet going like, why Why did I come in here and what should I yeah. do now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it's too real the way he plays it. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. And then drives away incredibly slowly, running into <laughs> garbage cans. It's a, yeah. Because they even, if I, maybe I'm imagining this, but I remember they kind of cut to him like seeing the garbage cans mm-hmm. and from the perspective of the car, like he could easily avoid them, but he can't react in time and he just, slowly starts pushing them down the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just them watching him drive away, and he's yeah. just pushing garbage cans <laughs> down the street, stops, reverses, but then drives straight back into them. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we were definitely, uh, Kate and I were watching this, and uh, we were we were howling at that yeah. one. Yeah, that is a scream. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving forward, we have, we have the police showing up uh, at, at the house again. You have them with the photos, mm. and this is where we get, you know, they're trying to have pizza salad. Yeah. As everybody's. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when you said this, I thought it was going to be disgusting, but it's yeah, delicious. It's delicious. I thought you were just going to throw pizza slices into a bowl. But that's, it. that's exactly that's it. what I did. <laughs> I, I took some Domino pizza slices and threw it into some salad, also from Domino's. <laughs> It's just stupid, man. Yeah. Uh, the police show up with crime scene photos because they want to investigate because, you know, obviously the last person that supposedly had seen Michael Ann Black alive was Vanessa. So they want to see if she has anything to do with the murder. They show the crime scene photos to everybody and they start throwing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to leave the <laughs> room and then they, you know, again, do the shtick of, you know, just like trying to force a confession. Yeah. Even yeah. though uh, they leave the cops, leave the house and the priests are outside waiting and they have, they're saying that they've investigated the house while nobody was looking Yeah, <laughs> and they have found some very evil things. Yeah. <laughs> they are attacked by a harpy <laughs> just crashes into the front mm-hmm. windshield of the oh, cop yes, car. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Did they that. say what that was? Or yeah, they said just it was like, a harpy. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, because <laughs> they... I thought they called it like a harbinger, like, you know, like a bringer, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, but I didn't know it was like an actual Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, they... they was like yeah, they called it a harpy because, like, they, the cops go, oh, that's a raven. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, no, my friend. It is a harpy. Yeah. And he pulls back the feathers <laughs> to show, like, it's a 666 oh, configuration. Yes. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> yeah, about that. Burned into the skin of the bird. Mm-hmm. This is where they t- decide they have to photocopy the bird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to send it to the Vatican because now they have to go through Vatican bureaucracy yeah. to get permission to perform the exorcism on the mm-hmm. house because they believe either somebody or something in the house is possessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's just like a training montage. <laughs> and that's when he doesn't he have the little tiny printer in the car too yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, tiny pr- yeah they like, have like a conversation about how cool the little tiny pr- yeah. printer yeah. technology is coming. <laughs> it's going so fast. This is the one pr- provided by Ashton Kushter. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's where they uh, the you get a montage of you know things going wrong. On the inside of the house, the priests are training, they're sweating, they're punching, yeah. they're going back for more po'boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Vatican gives them the okay, and so it's time for the 
end scene. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> it's pretty much it. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not much. It's just, now we're going to have an exorcism and, you know, uh, uh, Vanessa is giving birth to her twins and one good baby comes out. Yeah. And then a hell baby comes out. Right. And then that's where you see the movie. You go, yeah. hell baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. said the oh, thing. Oh, it makes sense now. They said the thing. And oh, it's got, it's, it's, it's a little puppet, which yeah. I love a good little puppet. Yeah. With sharp teeth. <laughs> The best part of it, though, was when they all were playing like hot potato with it right. and just kept punching it in the face. Yeah. I mean, just watching a bunch of adults throw a baby doll around and punch it in the face yeah. is kind of funny. They're throwing the yeah. baby doll around. They're punching it. Uh, Thomas Lennon gets another headbutt in. He yeah, does yeah. headbutt it right yeah, in the soft that's spot. That's like a signature move, right? Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're trying to exercise the demon baby, but also protect the good baby. And it becomes hot potato with both babies. Mm. <laughs> As they're beating up the bad baby, they tell Keegan-Michael Key, maybe you should take the good baby out. <laughs> because maybe it shouldn't see this. Yeah. Maybe that's bad for it. Yeah. <laughs> and he tries to leave. And that's where he decides to profess his love to Marjorie, right. Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, the sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only to have the hell baby bite her neck out. <laughs> yeah. Just slowly come up behind her. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good scene. Bites bites her neck out, kills her. The hell it's baby. It's like a Muppet show. Scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, it's like the little shrimps on uh the Muppet show. <laughs> yeah. Like the way they just come up and pop up. Or the uh the little rats. The little rats or the yib yib. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh you also have as the babies are being tossed around, Paul Shear. Decides he's going to shoot the baby out of the air. <laughs> and then how does he... Because he gets shot. He gets shot because how? he has the hell baby on the ground. Yeah. So he shoots Rob Hubel. Yes. Because he His says... partner. Yeah, mm-hmm. he says there's no safety, you know, when dealing with hell babies. Right. S- fires wildly, shoots Rob Hubel. Right. Then he gets a hold of the hell baby. Yeah. And is hammering it in the face with the gun. And his gun's pointed backwards at him. <laughs> okay, so then part. he hits the hell baby in the head, yeah. but pulls the trigger and shoots himself in the okay. chest. <laughs> I missed that because I was like, how did that just... I even rewound it and I probably just didn't notice that the gun was backwards. Right. Because I was like, how did Rob Shear, or Paul Shear's character just get shot? I yeah. still don't understand. Yeah, he's he's using the gun as a hammer. As like a hammer. Yeah, okay, as a hammer right. and shoots himself. All right, that makes sense now. Uh, and then Thomas Lennon also gets bit in the neck in... Probably one of the funniest blood fountains I've seen in a while <laughs> because it's just extended in his eye. His face is wide and his eyes are darting around as it just continuously pours Spurting. out. Yeah. Uh, and he says, I'm not going to make it, which leads the other priest to shoot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> like he needs to put him out of he's his like, misery. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not a zombie. Like right. he's not going to turn into a hell baby. Right. But. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch of people die. And then Rob Corddry comes up with the idea that, oh, I'm going to get that lamp that yeah. was set up at the very beginning of the movie. Mm. Well, it happened. It was came through. They did do a good job of keeping that to, through the movie. He mm. kept trying to fix it and shocking mm. himself. Right. Yeah. And, and there was just one tiny throwaway line of like, I think Vanessa says that's going to kill somebody. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he he brings the he brings the dangerous shocking lamp in and does basically a fucking spear 
stab from Troy. Jump off the bed. Yeah, Yeah, like 300. (laughs) Stabs it, electrocutes it. Which it's apparently plugged in. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Uh, The hell baby explodes. Yeah. Burst into flames. Yeah. Peace out, baby. Yeah. And, you know, that's the end of the movie. (laughs) And then they have a little, my favorite ones, they had a little, like, they're having a little uh, discussion out on the uh, on the sidewalk mm-hmm. after it all went down. Right. And uh, they're like just kind of reminiscing about it like it was so funny. Yeah. And uh, he they were like talking about how she was possessed and all this stuff. Yeah. And Rob Hubel goes, oh, yeah, you were such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just so uncalled for. There's also I forgot the yeah. other thing that like stuck out to me is like repeatedly Rob Hubel refers to Vanessa as that fat girl. <laughs> like she's she pregnant. Under, yeah. He doesn't understand that she's pregnant. He just keeps calling her that fat girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh doesn't I'm trying to remember, doesn't Keegan Michael Key get like hit by a car or something yeah, like yeah. that? It, yeah. yeah, it ends yeah. like it they they play like stupid schmaltzy mm-hmm. and that like they're naming the baby after the priest and after mm-hmm. Fresnel. That's yeah. right. That's so right. So they're calling the beast Sebastian Fresnel. Or yeah, the beast, not the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is funny, Same like difference. when they're loading up the coroner van, the the priest is holding two body bags over each shoulder and just <laughs> dumps them in like no problem, just tosses them <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. They do a little schmaltzy end, but then Fresnel walks away, you know, off to live his life, and then oh, he almost steps in dog poop. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then gets hit by a car. He gets hit by the guy we just said who played oh, uh, yeah. Mrs. Newsbaum. Oh, What's his name? Is, oh, is that Alex? Ber- oh, I'm okay. pretty sure Alec, yeah, Alex Berg's the guy who's driving the car because he oh, was okay. in the car earlier as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. he's the guy that gets headbutted at the rental place. Yeah. And then he hits the car another, he hits uh, the police car another time. Yeah. So he, mm. he's been shown to be a dangerous him, driver. Which was, you know, and again, they got him in the in the end and that, that was the, was it Alex? Alexberg, mm-hmm. Somberg, we just like. Yeah. Um, I thought it was would have been funny if it was Kumail. And mm-hmm. he was just circling the block. It just pushed him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But it yeah. would have been like a, I think it would have been funny because it would have been like a slow push. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, still yeah, just slow. a slow run over. Because then they did it with that guy, and I was like, yeah. oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. I kind of forgot yeah. he was even in it. But yeah, yeah, that that one, yeah, this joke at the end doesn't quite work as well. Cause like it doesn't subvert any expectations because mm-hmm. it's framed like all those other scenes that we've seen from like Final mm-hmm. Destination and every other, uh, yeah, you know, even Mean Girls or Happy Death Day. Well, when he like, like professed just... his love, you were like, oh, he's going to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I guess they were playing on that trope maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it would have been funnier, like Meg was saying, if it was like a slow, because everybody expects that out of car, out of mm-hmm. nowhere slam, mm-hmm. jump scare. But it would have been funny if it was just the slow van pushing in and he from was like, the side. Whoa, whoa, yeah. you know what I mean? Hey, yeah. stop. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been funnier. Also, just would have been funnier if it just cut to the po' boy shop again. So. <laughs> they were just eating po' boys again. Yeah. And they had like a little po' boy for the baby. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a note that I wrote down and I remember it was like a, I laughed out loud at it. Mm-hmm. And it was a line from Rob Hubel. And I don't know if it was like a throwaway line. Maybe you guys remember it. Maybe you don't. But uh, it was something about I don't remember my from my note, but it was something with Rob Hubel. And somebody said, like, fuck you. And he did like a mocking. Oh, no, I I have that noted as well because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's what when, was it? It's when he's interrogating. Uh, it, he's interrogating Jack, Vanessa, Marjorie and Fresnel. Yeah. He has them all. 
and he's talking about how uh, Vanessa was the last person to, to see him uh, see Michael Ann Black alive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Marjorie goes, "Well, isn't that weird? Why would you know? Why would she be the first, last one to call him?" And he goes, "Isn't that weird? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you." <laughs> yeah. He goes, well, "Isn't that weird? Fuck you." Yeah. That's, what it, oh, yeah. That's, that's exactly what it was. I remember that. It's so <laughs> out of nowhere and so mean. It just. Yeah, it sticks out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, never weird. Fuck you. <laughs> How would you be a mean cop that you go mean girls? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wrote that line. That was, yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember what the setup was, but I remember yeah, it was a really funny line. Yeah, it sticks yeah. out so well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that and just the the box gag, yeah. where like Rob Corddry comes into a room, the boxes are stacked straight up. He takes time to put take them all down, stack mm. them elsewhere. Is confronted with a wall of boxes where <laughs> mm. he just was. Yeah. Turns around another wall of boxes, <laughs> removes a box, and Mrs. Nussbaum's <laughs> behind it and just screams directly at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of good bits. Lots of good comedy. <laughs> and it has actual horror elements of Does scare it and I mean, blood. Jump, jump scare. Jump scare is gore. Yeah. We have, but I feel like I mean, it doesn't have a bunch of melting gremlins, but Hell Baby. Yeah. I mean, but it also has an exploding Hell Baby. I feel it like does have Psycho Gorman had more natural like humor and gore going on the whole we're time. We're not talking like, about Psycho Gorman. We're talking man. about all three. You so here, here's my take on that. One. I like this movie. I never seen it before. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. <laughs> I thought um, it was definitely had some funny parts. It was it was like a better version of. Um, scary movie, yeah, or perhaps a worse mer- version of Club Dread. <laughs> um, but it was like it, it had some good parts, but it was one of those ones that was like it was only good because it had some good people in it, mm-hmm. and it felt like to me that they had like access to this house, like yeah. a couple of set pieces, and then you just let people improv, mm-hmm. right? Which is not a bad thing, no. But like it definitely felt like this movie was written in a weekend yeah that's yeah that's how the that's how this group of people make their movies yeah it was it was kind of written in a weekend and then they just were like oh we have talented funny people who are friends let's bring them in mm-hmm. we're gonna hang out in new orleans for a month do whatever shoot this movie improv some shit put it out there yeah so it's not bad it's not it, it was mm-hmm. i i thought it was funny yeah you know i i think there were some nods to like some some to horror fans but um, like I said, if we're leaning more towards the horror or the comedy end, this was like ninety four percent comedy. Mm. You know? Sure, but that's yeah. not a bad thing. I'm just saying. But it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Do you want to wrap it up? What yeah. Do you guys, what do you guys feeling like? Well, is anybody uh, going to change their mind? No. 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 Me neither. All right. Um, so Meg, do we do we vote in the order of um, how we went, or no. do we no, vote? I'm making you guys fucking go first. All right. Yeah, I'm making both of you. I don't care which one. I'll get you both. Yeah, we'll go backwards then. We'll go backwards then. Steve, go backwards. Choose, okay. Yeah. Right. Seal. So, final case. Um. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Brian. Your movie is fucking wild yeah it's crazy yeah and it's worth it's worth dissecting as like a rebellion yeah but the humor is not that funny anymore and there's nothing scary like the the existence of little monsters does put it 
in the horror, but it's the same level of horror as Beetlejuice. It's not that mm. scary. There's nothing. So I don't think it's a good representation of either anymore. Maybe, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago. Okay. But also, I think if you just would have taken the original Gremlins movie. Yeah. I probably, oh, I'd give it to you, but you're not allowed to bring it. That's too easy. You know what, though? <laughs> it's an easy win. <laughs> I have made it clear that I do not care. Yeah. Because it is an absolute masterpiece. <laughs> I understand. And it, whoever doesn't respect it is wrong. Um, it I, has things to it has things to respect. You have to respect Joe Dante yeah. for wasting $50 million. Yeah. That's funnier than the whole fucking My movie. My movie <laughs> isn't... The entire movie is one fantastic long con joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is... This is Freddy Got Fingered before Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's amazing. But $50 million. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, Steve, what you're saying is you're voting for Psycho Gorman. Yeah, but you're second because right. your right. film no, no, is just a way. referential it's all, it's splatter fest. That's all we got. Like, there's not yeah. great horror or <laughs> comedy. It falls apart. It gets pretty, you know, a uh, one note joke in a okay. way. So. Yeah. Cool. Still, you voted for me. That's fine. <laughs> so, am I going next? You're going next. So, you're number two. So, here's, here's where I'm at. Okay. And I had my mind made up, but now oh, I'm God. back and forth. Because because you laugh so hard thinking about Camille staring at his feet. <laughs> Psycho Goreman has some funny bits in it. Mm. And I enjoy it. And I like the special effects. And like I said, I really like the movie. It's not funny. It's nostalgic, mm-hmm. which is also great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm a sucker for nostalgic stuff. We, we know this. Mm-hmm. And I love all... The character designs, the costumes, all that stuff. But the th- if I'm thinking about, like, if somebody gave me a list and said, write down the top 10 things you love about Psycho Gore, man, or top 10 moments, only one of them would be a comedy moment, which was the Hunky Boys line mm-hmm. from PG. Hmm. There's n- All the rest of them would be the galactic, you know, group, whatever they're called. Let's still remember what combines more horror and comedy. Let's not forget about this. But I think we do, we talk about horror all the time. We talk about being scary and effective and all that stuff. But this is specifically horror comedy, so I do feel like I need to weigh the comedy a little bit higher. And I'm a big fan of the state, but I am disappointed that there was never a throw-in reference to the state mm. like i wanted him to say you know uh well i guess ken marino wasn't in it right uh which i just just occurred to me ken marino no, wasn't yeah in it. no ken marino no joe latrulio no so. but but i i at least wanted to see you know uh i'm at a popa or something yeah. you know what i mean they didn't do anything <laughs> like that so i'm, I'm kind of and, and they had clergymen in there right. why didn't they have michael even back on the phone go i'm at a popa or something you know they didn't well, i wasn't there that late <laughs> i know but I mean, I was definitely going to pick Psycho Gorman, mm. and I like that definitely as a movie more, mm. but Hell Baby was definitely funnier, so I'm kind of torn. Okay. I'm kind of torn. I think I'm going to go Hell Baby. Wow. I'd go Hell Baby. <laughs> as, as, a, as a comedy movie, it's funnier. It is. It's funnier. <laughs> there are funny moments in Psycho Gorman, but mm. if we're going to start talking about comedy... Hell Baby is more of a comedy movie. So I can either be at this point be a dick mm-hmm. and just choose your movie and just say fuck it. Well, which one do you like more? Which well, one? I, I like which... Gremlins more as a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but like Hell Baby in theory, I, though I don't think it's like a good horror comedy, they're definitely I think are better horror comedies. Name. I mean, I, <laughs> I can name like ten that. more. I, can, like, I, can I didn't say, ask you to name one. I, mean, I asked her. No, I can still say even scares me. But like, I'm surprised none of us chose like Shaun of the Dead or even like. Scary well, that would be too easy. Like, it's you know, play so up. No, no, just, yeah, but it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like, if yeah. you're asking me if I can name better horror movies, yeah, yeah. like horror okay. comedies, yeah. Yeah. Like I just don't think I just like, want to I think, put you on the spot. It's all. No, I know, I know. It's kind of like one of those like oh, you're wearing a band T-shirt, double well, their whole album. You know, fuck off. Oh, I'm, <laughs> but, I'm really I'm torn right now because I are feel, you still you just just it's too late too late. I know, I know. I'm torn. I'm torn because I it, it's all about what you weigh. Do you weigh horror mm-hmm. more? Or do you weigh comedy more? Mm-hmm. Because like horror wise and effects and all that stuff, Psycho Gorman a million miles ahead. No, yeah, like okay, so like I mean, again, I'm not trying to like advocate, but what I'm saying is like what I think, like the difference is like because our moves are vastly different, mm-hmm. you know, is like why I chose mine was that I felt like it was genuinely a horror movie that had a lot of moments what? where I was laughing a lot of the movie. What? Okay, because but of the like what is the, you know what, what I mean? is the horror? I know I've been like bagging on Brian. Uh, no, no, hold on, genuinely. Hold on. Yeah, no, yeah. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. So I've been bagging on Brian saying his movie isn't that horror. But like the horror in Brian's movie is that like there's these little monsters. Mm-hmm. And like if they get out of the building, then it, you know, destroys the town. Mm-hmm. The horror in my movie is like there's things something's possessed. Who knows? Which is it's <laughs> ghosts. It's a weak. It's a weak. Yeah, no, it's weak. It's Super because weak. It, it's a whole bunch of tropes. It's like there's ghosts, yeah. possibly, there's possession, there's evil dog. Which I still think, like, what makes it so weak? Yeah, the the horror in your film is actually pretty weak because your film is macking me. How with a monster? I was gonna say E. T. E. T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yours, Wait, Mac- yours is more like are you saying E. T. Just because of alien? No, just the way it's set up is in that it's children befriending an alien. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Good. like sure. yeah, it's Harry and Henderson. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with a killer. You know, yeah, demon, so you're demon alien. Horror is that it's like a demon alien. No, who is your, like mo- your movie is probably Genghis the most Khan-esque. horror of all three of ours. I would say probably there's. Yeah. I mean, as far as gore and splatter, but I just sure, think story wise, maybe yeah. it isn't. Like I think his movie has even more horror than yours does. But like, we can't I would talk, even put that up. I would yeah. say so. So uh, here's here's how I'll, I'll think of it in my head. We think about the top three things the most important in horror comedy. The question is. Is the horror more important or is the comedy more important? Mm-hmm. I think it needs but to be a good one to both. But the story is definitely third. So, like, yeah. if her story is the weakest, well, I'm just I saying, wouldn't I'm just put saying, it against it because story is absolutely third. What, I'm just saying, as far as story wise, like, where is the horror? Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is? It's all about the imagery. Yeah, but it's imagery that doesn't necessarily fall into horror. It falls more sci-fi and referential to '90s. You know, aside from like the. So you're saying it should have horror tropes. Yeah, I'm saying there's not there's not much of a horror trope to there's not much of a horror structure. There's horror. There's sci-fi horror tropes. There's sci-fi. Nah, it, it's it's more of like like an action film. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a homage to 80 sci-fi horror and action. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the Astron Six guys. I mean, look at Biocop, like. Everything has action elements right. into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just such a it's just such a, a amorphous the, blend of everything. It has the gore. Like I said, it's more of a nostalgia movie than a horror comedy. Right. So I don't know. I'm very torn. I'm very torn. I just I just wish your movie was stronger. Of like even like I feel like 
again, I, I feel like there was like, the comedic moments were very strong, mm-hmm. but like, I felt like it as a, if we were saying, if you we were just looking at just a comedy, I'd be like 10 out of 10, like, or not 10 out of 10, like, it'd be like, it's strong. But I feel like for the combination of the two, yeah. I feel like it's really weak because like, unlike say Shaun of the Dead, where we had a very specific, like, like, focus point on zombies or even scary movie where we had like slasher very big focus this was just like i had no idea what was going on as far as what the horror was i knew there was horror elements like michael ian black's death was great Mm -hmm. amazing it was good it was like the gore part that i needed and wanted but like i I still felt like there was no cohesiveness to it no it was just a a bunch of sketches they just mashed together the focus of the movie was not surrounding a horror film it was a comedy movie with horror elements that like were very weak Mm. and so like even and even i guess again you haven't made maybe you made a final decision but like i'm 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 waffling here i'm you can't waffle you already put a vote no no that's not listen pull out the scroll read it to me where i can't change my mind dissecting this and i'm not trying to be a dick about it but like i didn't think his movie was as like outwardly laugh out loud funny like hell baby was but it had more horror elements with like really fun funny parts that i would put that in more of a horror comedy Versus, like, I feel like your yours was like what I would expect out of a horror comedy, but a weak one. That I would why I would choose his over that, only because it was a very weak horror element to it. Yeah, if we I, did, if again, it was just lazy horror. I would we're, say we're, we're yeah. dissecting just, the yeah, three of ours. Of, yeah. Like, you could have chosen a different one, and I might have feel differently. That was still in like that similar vein. Genuinely, do you, do you want to know how I, why I'm going to change my vote right now? Is because I can't surface level imagine hell baby winning of these three movies i just can't <laughs> i just can't i'm sorry i like the movie i will probably never watch it again yeah the camille part was really funny there's some really good gags but i probably like i said i'd watch club dread over it mm. you know what i mean so i for for that reason i'm I'll, i'm gonna i'm changing i'm gonna say psycho gorman Cool. I'm going. I'm shameful. switching. After I'm us switching talking through all this, genuinely talking through um, all of that, I actually think I'm going to go Gremlins for my number two. Shameful. Well, it doesn't matter what your number two is. Nobody cares. Know, so <laughs> so um, what did everybody vote? Psycho, Psycho, Gremlins. Oh, so you won again. I won again. Yeah. Well. Shameful, Brian. Shameful. But what would have happened if I would have voted for yours? Then we put it to the audience. Yeah, I know, but I just can't. So here's the thing: if we put it through the audience, it just goes psycho. Gorman. It goes psycho, yeah. Gorman. Well, it might go Gremlins too. It might go Gremlins too. Yeah, but I'm going to be true to myself. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to take the path where I could potentially win. I'll be true to myself. I will say psycho gorman surface level because they're so close. Because yeah. one's way better with the horror, one's way better than the comedy. But surface level, which movie do I like more? Psycho Gorman. I and I don't want to walk away from the saying that Hellbeat was a bad movie. No, I like it. Like, it I like fun. it. No. It's fine. Of course it's, it's fun. a movie. So. <laughs> we are all talked out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ten hours later. Fucking Meg is doing it again. Peckerhead Meg taking home the belt <laughs> once <Shameful>. again. <laughs> I will for the um at least one audience member that wanted me to mm-hmm. um stone cold some beers for this. <laughs> for the belt. Yeah, I will do that in the next TikTok video for sure. <laughs> well, we got that, boys and ghouls. We got that. Um but uh so what that means is Meg is going to be coming with a punishment movie 
Do you know what it's going to be? Do you have I one in mind? I was thinking about it because like we're getting up on Valentine's Day and I was trying to figure that out. And I, I mean, I guess I was like just to have fun with it, like my bloody Valentine, maybe. Original or remake? 81. Whatever. Yeah, the original. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I like them both, actually. Yeah, but I, that's that's very coincidental because we just had a listener, uh, and I forget which one, because we got a bunch of messages recently, but we'll talk about last time. We just had someone request whether we're yeah. going to do that. So, oh, well, so we'll, it makes sense. We'll shout, we'll shout them out when we do that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I figured yeah. it'd be fun and good timely. I like that movie. Um, all right, boys and ghouls, uh, as always, go ahead and follow us on any of the you mean if you want to do some sort of stuff. Uh, <laughs> at Halloween is forever. <laughs> on the... And if you just follow us on the Instagram, go over and follow us on the Twitter. If you just follow us on the on the Twitter, just go over on the old uh, what the fuck do you do again? Tiki Talkies. <laughs> uh, Meg's Meg's gonna do. I think she's going to potentially frog splash some tables, chuck some beers, eat uh, some eggs off the belt. Do <laughs> <laughs> some pickled eggs for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, otherwise, we will be back with you next week talking about my bloody valentine um and if that's all we got for the halloween's cover crew i'm brian i'm megan i'm steve all right bye